It is Wednesday, my dudes. This is how I win. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Double hey. Load entirely. You're out of order. You're out of order. Everything that guy just says bullshit. Thank you. Welcome to some would say the best night for YLS because we get to talk about new movies. I thought this year was okay. I, I had to look back. I like the year. I like the year. But comparing it to last year, I think I like last year more. I don't know if that's true, but how many movies I saw, I was definitely a lot hungrier to see some movies last year than I was this year. I have deep dove this week to catch up to some because some. Uh, I live in a podunk town where it doesn't get any movies whatsoever, so I had to, you know find them uh this is the first ever co-hosted episode uh kirk i figure this is the best of the best this is oscar's night for some um we can yell at them together or agree uh deciding the winner is going to be interesting kirk how are you doing <laughs> you're muted which is my job which i really don't like you taking it I tried to get in as many as I could uh, as well the past couple of weeks. Um, some of the blind spots I had for 2022, I think we did a good job of, between two of us, seeing most of what might, might get taken. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting draft. Uh, some of these people have a lot of taste in common. Some of them have no taste in common. So it's going to you know, really be interesting to see who is really competing with who here. Um, I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be a fun night. Okay, so uh, to let everybody know what's happening for YLF moving forward, next week we are redoing a draft that we did originally, which we looked back and was surprised by the panel that did it. Um, I didn't remember everybody, but we're doing basically 2012 to 2021 best movies per year. What's your favorite movie from each one of those years? And then rank them in order of your favorite. So if you thought the best movie was 2016 as the best movie, you would rank that one. The worst movie, 2012, you'd put that at the bottom. And then you'd rank them accordingly. We would just skip on double of the movie. We would not skip based on the year. Um, yeah, it was like Paul, Kirk, Brian, I think, and Peggy, which was like the most. And Kirk was like, I wasn't awake during that, I'm pretty sure. So no memory that we're redoing We're redoing that. So uh, submit your list. Ne- the following week... We're doing a March Madness bracket for fandom films. It is decided. The films were decided by me and Kirk. The rankings will be decided by Tim and Tuig. And the panel will consist of at least three fandom players, I would say, and then two wild cards that don't really have like a honest like love for these movies. So, and... To, be, to, to let everybody know ahead of time, we cut The Dark Knight. We cut Infinity War. We cut Endgame. We cut big things. It will not be the tradition. They didn't make the tournament. They had a bad season. They got bumped. They were on the bubble. They didn't make it in. So that will be then. Uh, then the following week, I think, is the 22nd. That will be Scott Harvey's week. 
we are doing endings. I'm just going to call the poll. I think there's enough people that voted. If there's more, if tomorrow, if I wake up and it switched completely, uh, then the late returns from the panhandle are still rolling in. So. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Um, uh, send your list. That's a typical, that's a, uh, top 10 list. Send that to Scott. I will not be on the show. So like 10 people voted in the poll or something. So I expect that all of you will send me a list. So please do. Yes. We wanted you to send if you're voting. And then the last week, uh, I think it's baseball. It's baseball something. It's either going to be a baseball movie draft, something of the five categories of baseball movies, something like that to let the season. Uh, might be a mixture, baseball movies plus real baseball. We don't know. It's going to be a mixture. But that's upcoming, so send your list. And if you want to be on the fandom bracket, it should be a lot of fun. Me and Kirk had way too much fun and doing it last night, so please submit because it's, it's very interesting. Uh, we decided the draft order before we went live. Zach Ford uh, did not win the very first one. He just picked number one because he wants to cause chaos, I think. Um, and then it will be Payson. It will be Tim, Mark, Scott. We'll round out, and then we'll go back. We are going to be discussion of this. Um, and, Jack, if you're listening, you will be listening, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you have a rule on why I left. A uh, new rule is if they haven't seen the movie. And that includes, like, me and Kirk. We haven't seen it. We're just, like, I didn't have time. All you can say is, I did not see the movie, and then we're going to move on. If you say more, I might take you backstage or tell you to shut up let them call. I don't know how mean I'm going to be, but we'll figure it out. Uh, a lot of movies were seen this year, so instead of talking to all you guys, you guys wanted to be here, so we'll just talk about the movies. Zach, what's your first pick? Um, so... I said I think I'm gonna have an easy time picking movies I want because I have a pretty idiosyncratic top five compared to other people. Um, but I need to get at least like one big one. So even though this isn't like a top five favorite for me, I need one big one and I wanna um, fuck with some people. What just happened? Oh, uh, is it. <laughs> I, I think don't think I it twice. Uh, I'm very. That's like four times. It was in a loop. It was in a loop. I don't know why. <laughs> All right. Really worried about vengeance um, from the person following me, but I'm going to go with Tar. That's my first pick. Tar. Um, and Tar is great. I said it's not top five, but I still adore the movie. And if I have to pick one of like, the big showcase movies of the year that represent this year, Tar would probably be my go-to. Uh, maybe one other one. Um, it might be the film that like lasts the longest as far as like being an important film to represent the time. I think because it's so intelligently made, I think it's very prescient, but still would be timeless. Um, so it can be a landmark of what it was like to live in 2020. What year was last year? Two, 2022. Um, but also, I think we'll have a lot to say moving forward. Um, and then you just have like a string of some of the best performances of the year. Um, Kate Blanchett, of course, one of the best performances of the uh, century, probably just really dominating the screen. But you also get, um, you know, who's really close to my heart. And I'm blanking on all names. Nina Haas. No, I mean, Nina Haas. Uh, thank you. You know who I like. Nina Haas, who I also adore. And giving a really, I think, a deeper performance than it is um, surface level. Um, than people think. Um, I think there's a little bit of a Lady Macbeth quality um, that can kind of get covered over that I really like. So I'll pass it on to the losers that didn't get tar. Um. So I was one of the dumb people in America or around the world that uh, made sure that uh, 
this person wasn't a real person. Um, at that, uh, I was baffled. I, it was portrayed so well. It was like a biopic. I knew nothing going into it. I just watched it. I think how it was sold. I was like, how do I not know this person exists? This makes no sense. Um, and then found out that's how good of a performance she went. She gave, uh, I love this movie. Some people were like, Cody, you like that movie? I don't understand what this movie has that wouldn't have made me like it. I think it's a great performance. It has a through line. I followed it pretty easily. I didn't need the, you know, research, you know, notes afterwards to tell me why I wasn't, you know, couldn't handle it. But no, I thought it was absolutely incredible. It's in my top five of the year. I think it's a super strong pick. And again, her performance is like it's so that movie does not work without her. So like it's, I think it's brilliant. Kirk, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't expect to see Targo this early, um, but I'm glad it did. Uh, this is probably um, top three of the year for me. Um, totally agree with Zach. Uh, best performance of the 20th, 21st century. If um, or you know, at least in the running for it. If she doesn't win the Oscar this year, it's going to be a travesty. Um, it's my pick for best picture um, out of the nominees. And yeah, I, I everybody talks about how it's like a biopic. I thought it was. It, I felt like it was a documentary because this may be one of the most fully realized and actualized characters I've ever seen a film before, just how naturally she plays it. Plus just, you know, um, the, the, the physicality of her conducting, you know, speaking different languages. So naturally, I think just this, just, it, it's a, it's a mind blowing performance in a really good movie. So I think it's, uh, I'm, I'm happy to see this go one overall. And then everybody else go ahead and talk about Tar. And right, to Ute is what I would say to uh, to Zach right now because um, I thought we were friends, but um, no, yeah, this is my number one movie of the year. It's a masterpiece. Um, I haven't stopped thinking about it since the first time I saw it. I think it only improves on the second time. Um, yeah, obviously, amazing performances and a screenplay that is able to navigate some really tricky and thorny themes with a lot of nuance and ambiguity and it is not talking down to you. It is not saying this is how you need to feel about any of these things. It feels very refreshing in relation to a lot of so, so-called adult dramas nowadays. Um, so it's just everything I love in movies and the Juilliard scene, also scene of the year, um, incredible dialogue just throughout the movie. Um, screenplay is really the category that I'm going to be like pretty mad if this doesn't win because I think Todd Field really balled out um, writing-wise, but um, yeah, my best movie of the year. Like I said, it would have been would have been my number one pick. This is my oh, no, sorry. This is my number eight of the year. I love this movie too, um, and this is one of those movies where, like, I think I haven't rewatched it yet. I saw it in the theater, but I haven't gotten a chance to rewatch it yet. But um, I feel like this is one that's going to be really interesting upon rewatch. Um, kind of knowing more about the character. Um, and I think the performance will only get better. That's my hope. Um, some of you that have seen it more than once can probably tell me. Um, but yeah, I agree with everything everyone said. Kate Blanchett's incredible. Um, I really like the way that I, I said this on Logged It last year after I saw it and I brought it up. Um, I, I found that I really like movies where they just like dump you into a world and don't explain anything about the nuances of that world beyond just the the uh interactions between the characters in the sense that like you are dumped into a music conducting world and they talk about things in the movie um like you are an expert on 
music and uh, all that stuff. And I, I find that really interesting. And the movie lets makes you understand everything that's going on without making you feel dumb and over explaining stuff. And I really like that. But again, the character is, it's a really interesting character study. I think it was an interesting way of looking at a character like this in 2022, which is why I think I appreciated it. Um, and the way that it reveals itself as it keeps going on and on is fantastic. Other little things like the movie opening with a really, really long like interview segment going into the Juilliard scene, and you get these like really long, drawn out quote unquote, but like interesting scenes. And as the movie goes on, it just gets more chaotic and chaotic as, in the way that it's shot in the way that um, the characters are behaving. And I, I love that about the movie. So yeah, this is a five-star movie to me. Um, people that don't care for it. I, this is one of those times where I just, I don't really get it. Like, I think it has a lot to say about today and, uh, and just it, it's movie making like at its finest. I just, I don't get when people say like, I didn't really like it. I just don't understand. Um, you liked it. Don't look at me like that. You gave it like four stars. Are you talking Bucky to me? just got a no Bucky. He's let down his wife. Bucky Joe doesn't want you. No, Bucky, yeah. Pace it. Go. Yeah, uh, this was my second favorite movie of the year. Uh this would have been my pick if Zach didn't uh if Zach would have taken my one. Yeah, everything what everyone is saying is accurate. I think this movie if I were to call one movie a masterpiece this year, I think it would be this one. I think Kate Blanchett is just raw power in this movie, just absolutely proving why she's one of the best actresses of this generation. Um, I love the way Todd Field. I think the cinematography is like really underrated. The way he shoots these orchestral scenes and just makes you feel like just alive in that situation. Yeah, like Tim said, like for like two hours and 40 minutes, you are just obsessed and so invested in this world of orchestra. And you are just completely gripped by every like concept that is uh, thrown at you in this movie. And yeah, just that ending is one of the most satisfying endings for any character, I think, of the year. And yeah, like Scott said, it's a movie, it doesn't tell you what to think. It deals with uh, harsh topics, but... I love movies that do make you think and just linger in your mind after you're done with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it a lot, too. Um, I was pretty sure it was never going to fall to me or where I was going to take it. It was going to go in the first round, so it's whatever. I mean, I would say probably one thing. My main takeaway is I feel like of all the movies I've seen this year, this is probably one that had like a very like somewhat straight lace background that had just this fucking crazy story like an hour in i had no idea where it was going like if if fucking dragon showed up in the middle like i wouldn't have been surprised like it like it just went in like in just a crazy direction just really quickly and if i may throw in just a s small sports reference i feel like we're at the point now where if meryl streep is michael jordan kate blanchett is lebron james like we're kind of going 1a and 1b on who the greatest actress of all time is well, well, Jordan's correct. Troop sucks. No. Um, your Wi-Fi sucks, Zach. I'm just going to Meryl Streep doing that. Florence Foster Jenkins is like Jordan playing for the Wizards. So there you go. <laughs> <Bad>. <laughs> That's a really good point. Couldn't keep it going. 
Um, okay, Payson, you're up. And I don't know if Cole is still alive because I've messaged him and he has not responded. So we'll get the board at one point. Um, but Payson, go ahead. What if... Okay. What if I didn't pick it? Shut up. What if I just didn't take it? I don't think... I, I do hate it. this bit, whatever this is. I'm going to take it. It's everything everywhere all at once. Like, yeah. It, it's me of... of yeah. yeah. I've, I've talked about this movie a billion times on many, many different sources. Um, I'll keep it short. It's a movie that was tailor-made for me. It has all these insane concepts, some of the most insane visuals you'll see in a movie this year. Um, the way it tackles the multiverse is maybe the only time I enjoy saying the words multiverse this year in like a pure, loving way. Uh, the entire cast is incredible. I think Michelle Yeoh... Um, at, at great in this role. Um, Kehu Kwan is my personal favorite. Performs of the year. Waymond is my favorite character of 2022. Just this person that just like he, he his his kindness is what keeps him. Um, oh, good point. Yeah, I'm sorry, Multiplex. I work for you guys. I should not uh, for that. <laughs> Cody, you're my boss. I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, I'm not your boss. I don't pay you. Do never say that again. <laughs> uh, yeah, Stephanie Sue is wonderful. I honestly, the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis is the one that's picking up more steam than Sue is kind of sad. But yeah, just at the at the heart of this movie is just a pure like family drama, and both the relationships between Evelyn and Waymond and Evelyn and Joy, I think, are just perfection. It's one of my new favorite movies of all time. It's one that. I love just showing to people, show the people that I love just to help them like understand me. And yeah, I, it, it, everyone knew I was going to take this one if I had it. So yeah. Um, okay. I like this one. It's in my top 10. I don't like, I don't like love, love. That's not, uh, I'm not, and I'm not saying it's bad. It's been one time I've watched it. Um, I watched it with Tim. Uh, and I thought it was really good. I think the message is very clear. I think the performances. But if you – I shouldn't say that. If you watch this the first time and you're like, boom, awesome, let's go, that's great. For me, there's a lot to take in on this movie, like a lot. And the hype was very high when I watched it, um, which is no fault to its own. Uh, it deserves the hype that it's getting. It has such a likable cast. It has such a likable story. It has such, uh, such an interesting premise that they put on screen. Uh, the, I think the s subject matter that they're tackling, even in the movie, I think is very, very strong, and they're they're hitting it up really well. It's just I want to give it some time. I'll probably watch it the week of the Oscars, just as the long as possible to give it before the ceremony, just to see because I think this could, after rewatch, I pick up on things or I like things more or things hit with me a little bit different. So everything all at once. It's one of those movie. It's. I think it's very close to Parasite, the year that it happened. I didn't like overly gush about Parasite, but I understood why Parasite was getting all of its praise and everything. And if somebody said that was number one, I'm not like, the fuck? Ow. This one is perfect. This one makes sense for a lot of people that it's number one. How can you not sit in the theater or sit in a room? And I watched this in, on a TV, like in a living room. It wasn't, if I would have saw it on the big screen, maybe. I would have a whole different experience in time. So, no, great choice. I knew it was going to go. Uh, uh, Kirk, your thoughts? Yeah, um, 
I'm keeping my board here, and as soon as Zach made his pick, I wrote Tar in his slot, and then I wrote this movie immediately in Payson's slot because I knew this was you know where we were going. Um, but yeah, I'm probably somewhere close to where you are, Cody. I really enjoyed. It. I think it's a good movie. I didn't love it as much to the, to the heights a lot of other people do, um, but I don't. You know, if you know Payson's love for it makes complete sense, and I don't critique that at all. Um, and people who feel that way. I, like you said, Cody, the hype may have had some effect on my viewing of it. I did see the theater. I saw it with a big crowd, and that did help. I think that was a really fun experience. Um, but yeah, um, it is an interesting concept. The uh, you know just taking them like we talked about this last week on Lauded, just taking like this huge infinite concept and using it to focus on these the very small lives of these people. Um, I think it's just a cool way to to to, to use that. Um, some of the humor didn't hit for me. I think that might be what knocks it down a little bit for me. Um, but yeah, great movie, fun. I, and I, you know, I think this is one that will stand the test of time. Whether or not it wins the Oscar, I think this is one people will be talking about for a long time. All right, everybody else, take it away. This is my favorite movie of the year as well. Um, I was going back and forth between this and The Fablemans, um, which I think are both pretty perfect movies at the end of the day. Um, what? Don't bring other movies up because somebody might dra- might not remember. He's the draft next. He's, he's next. got the next. Spoiler alert! Yeah. I know. I'm just Sorry. saying. Uh, I was going back and forth, <laughs> and I went with. I ended up going with this. Um, but I, yeah, I saw when I saw this in the theater. I saw it the day it opened at the theater by me. It was like beginning of April, and I was the only person in the theater. Uh, but I also went to like a 10 a.m. showing, so like I don't know. Uh, so the audience thing didn't really happen for me, but um, I just really like the movie. I've seen it four times now, I think. And every time I find something new that I like about it. Um, and yeah, the emotional stuff just like really, really works for me. Um, the ending conversation between um, Joy and her mom, like I think it's just like, I think it's just one of the better scenes of the movie. It's tough for me because, like, I, I, I do think we talked about already. I think Kate Blanchett is better in her performance than Michelle. I, would agree. I, would agree. So I really want Kate Blanchett to win, but I also would really love Michelle Yao to win because I think that she's really great in the movie. Uh, so it's tough. But the movie overall, I, I Payson kind of summed it up pretty well. The performances just all of the crazy multiverse stuff is done super super well and i just like how it wears it's hard on its sleeve um and it's super surprising it's also a two hour and 20 minute movie that feels like an hour and a half like i think it goes by super quick um the best part about watching this uh was when i watched it with maggie for the first time she watched it on blu-ray with me and when uh, it said part three all at once, Maggie went, oh, is there like another hour of this? <laughs> and when I watched it with Cody, he said, oh, is there another hour of this? And I was like, so that that throws people off. That was funny. Uh, but no, it's a great movie. Uh, it's deserved of all the love that it gets. It's going to be one that I go back to a lot over the years for sure. But- that is my belief. I believe that a movie should stop doing the part one for introducing the stuff like that because that's just BS at that point. Because that part one, stop. Like that was, that's your movie. Just don't label. You don't have to. I guess Anytime a movie up. comes up on a black screen and says like chapter one, Maggie just goes, oh <laughs> fucking hell. Like she, she's saying, I'm so 
this is, I believe, I could be wrong. She can correct me if she can hear me right now. I believe this is the only five star the Macaw gave out all year. I could be wrong about that, but that's correct, she said. So, Macaw's got great taste. Yeah. Mark and Scott, tell us how you feel. I mean, I'm a little bit taken aback by, you know, I guess you guys don't like the chapters and Glorious Bastards. And I mean, that's, that's illuminating. Um, yeah. I, I like this movie quite a bit. Although, like I will say, even though, cause I think it was like my 11 or 12 for the year. And like, I, I'll admit, I liked it a lot when I saw it. I, if, I don't, if it wasn't brought up a ton, I don't know if I would have thought about it a ton more, even though I had it that high. Uh, I mean, I'm always on board Shots with, fired. you know, I'm always on board with genre films like picking up steam and the Oscars. I mean, that's really cool. I think the thing that uh, really stuck to me the most about it is it it kind of reminds me of a lot of like a, it kind of reminds me of one of my one of my favorite like comic book writers, uh, Rick Remender, where he would always do like some kind of cra- like he do like some crazy comic book story, but he'd always like tie it back into like a family drama. And I think that's what impressed me the most about this movie is how even though like it goes on all these weird multiverse ideas, it stays very grounded in its family drama. And I think I think if anything, that's what's going to make it stand the test of time. Scott Warzak. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed I I, I uh, kind of feel the same as Kirk. I think after the theater high, I came down from it a little bit. It did drop a little bit. I think some of the comedy definitely doesn't work for me. Some of the just constant freneticness of it is just a a, a bit much. But um, the performances are amazing. Yeah, like if Blanchett has to lose to somebody, then I would not be mad if it's Michelle Yeoh because she's a legend in general and also just great in this movie. Um, and I think, again, it's not even close to my favorite movie of the year, but if it wins the Oscar, which it seems like is inevitable at this point, it, it, it does feel like a meaningful movie. It feels like um, this movie is, you know, pe- a lot of people feel seen by this movie, and I think that is just as powerful as a movie that is, you know, like a tar to me, which is a five-star masterpiece. Um, so I would not be upset um, if this wins Best Picture, because I think... It, you know, it, it it means something more than just you know, um, like Coda, for example. Well, I, I'm not going to get into that, but that felt very manufactured. The narrative around the I don't feel that way about everything. Everywhere. That is two um, straight bullets and Coda in back to back weeks. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm going to have a, I'm going to have people at the door at one point. <laughs> Just saw just walking down the street, just shoot. You, you, want, you want to talk about a crumb bum, scum bum, punk. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to say a half-ass take I came up with 10 seconds ago that I don't know if I fully, fully believe in. Um, but I'm going to call this with the, the death of superhero movies um, upcoming. Um, everything everywhere all once is the new, new Hollywood's Easy Rider. It's Representing what the next like version of Hollywood can be, especially mainstream filmmaking, because the fact that this mainstream is wild. So I think there's a turning of the tides of this event because it's it's goofy and weird and sentimental, which like are two audiences that that do not usually want to connect with each other, being very earnest but also going for the sci-fi premise. Um, they work great on their own. They made it something together, and I think that 
mishmash of everything they grew up with um, into making this film is really what the next you know decade or so can really be. Um, there's going to be a lot of copycats. Just be ready. It's going to suck. <laughs> um, but also for anyone that says, I feel like there's a little bit of pushback. They're like, is it really weird for everything everywhere to win the best Oscar? Like, it's really not that weird. It's like yes. families that love each other. Yes, there's fucking hot dog hands and a raccoon <laughs> cooking. Like, like it's it, they have the sentimental parts, but this is not like the traditional Oscar favorite. It makes sense on why it connects to people that maybe they connect to genre films, but good for it. Love the movie. I also, last thing I'll say, hey, I love hey, you. Hate the shit. That okay. we were cool. Um, I I always I love the concept of like the death of superhero films. I remember those old talks when the films like, are we gotten comic book fatigue? Has it happened yet? And then we went on for another ten years. It's really interesting. Uh, no, unless you want theaters, you hope comic book films stick around. No. Um, okay, Tim. If you want to watch them in theaters, if you want to watch them at home, continue watching what you want. Everything Tim. everyone wants made money. Made a hundred million in its entire. Anyway, uh, okay. As as somebody, trust me, as somebody who is the general manager of a movie theater, you want fucking Ant Man there. You do. What the fuck? You do. Trust me, you do. I promise you. Doesn't mean you have to like the movie, but you want it there. You don't have to go see it, but you want it in the theater. I promise. You want me on that wall. Uh, that's, and that's what people were saying about Oliver in the 60s. Like, trust me, we need Oliver on the big screen. People see the musicals. Holy Shut up. Shit. I can't believe we're still doing this. Um, you don't Shut up, bitch. Gonna be a long show. Yeah, you, 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 trust me, you don't have to go see Ant Man back, I promise. Um, anyway, uh, uh, my pick, I already spoiled it. It's the Fablemans. Uh, uh, Sup, <laughs> Fablemans wrong, so. Fuck off. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you spelled it wrong. So, like, I, I read Sub T's review for this. And I almost vomed. Uh, sorry, man. Like, you seem like a cool dude. I've stayed, I've stayed away from you up until now. I haven't needed to conflict. That is with Kirk's son. Emotional, damn it. I'm aware that it's Kirk's son. Oh, okay. I'm just, I'm just he's you. smart enough to, he's a big boy. Like, I don't care. I'm just uh, saying that, like, he's given Cody and Nazario and them a lot of shit. Like, I've been able to stay away so far, but I don't know. This might be the end of that. Uh, Fable, I love this movie. Um, and again, like, I do think that this is one of those, like, I think it is a more straightforward Spielberg movie. Um, but that being said, like, I think that I can understand why people, some people don't dig it. Um, like to be fair to sup T what he was saying, like he gave it like a half star, but he said like, I just don't like this type of movie because, uh, there's X, Y, and Z like, cool. That makes sense to me. The reason I like this movie is I just identify with the lead character uh very 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 much and so that helped me propel my love for it um the opening scene of the the parents taking uh him to see a movie the way they explain it the look of like wonder and stuff in the boy's eye while watching the movie and then just like thinking about it and thinking about it and having that itch to need to to make something um that that was literally how i I felt at that age. So the movie just like really connected with me. I actually, I talked about 
this movie with Kirk after he saw it. I was like, oh my God, you loved it. And he was like, no, nah, not like I, I like, uh, sorry, Kirk, if I'm spoiling it. He told me the reasons why he like had some issues with it. And I was like that everything that he said made total sense to me, but it did not change at all. The fact that like, I just connected with the character big time. Um, not only in the movie stuff, but also just in some of the uh, struggles that he was going through and everything. Like it just, it just really connected with me in a big way. So um, I do agree with the people that say like Maggie, who said like, it doesn't have a plot. It, it does. Who cares? But it does. I think it does. But also, if it doesn't, I just enjoyed being part of this group of people for the two hours and 30 minutes or whatever. Um, I, I Everybody's talked it to death, but I do think the final scene is like top tier shit. It's fucking awesome. Uh, it, it's so great. Uh, but yeah, I... I I just really connect with the movie. I think it's great. Um, but also I, I can kind of understand some of the nitpicks that people have, but those things just, they work for me. Like it's weird. It's, it's definitely one of those things where like with tar, where I'm like, if you didn't like this movie, I just don't think you really understood what the movie was going for with this one. If people didn't like it, all right, you didn't like it, but I fucking love it. I think it's great. Uh, sorry, it's up to you. I didn't mean to tell you. Anyway, uh, Jedi are cool, but uh, <laughs> sorry. I mean, we're three picks in, and Kurt Tim's telling the thirteen-year-old to fuck himself in the chat. We're off to a great start. I'm having a blast here. Every best of the year is like the the most high tension show we ever do. I hate this, but. Uh, makes great ratings. Everybody will talk about it and message me later. Um, like last week's episode. Um, no, I like the Feldman's a lot. Um, uh, we learned last week, I think after last week's episode, a while left, the overall scene with John Ford goes down a little bit because we realize he's an overpraised piece of shit director from yeah. Caleb Coho's perspective, the man that doesn't just understand any films whatsoever. Um, so that scene doesn't mean anything. I don't know why he was happy to meet the man. He's a hack. Um, uh, but he, uh, but the person that said that never saw the searchers either. Okay. Anyways, um, I. Um, <laughs> I think this movie, I this is one of those movies that I think gets a pass from a lot of people, and I'm not saying the pass because it's a, it's it's if you cinema on screen for an extended period of time, there are people that will fall over backwards and say, "I don't care what the film was trying to tell me. I love it. It's beautiful. It told me about Hollywood." Did you see John Ford was there? He directed films. I love films. I think this movie does a lot better at that. It does a lot about like the his like loss in movies. I think that's a lot of us. I totally, uh, classic, disagree with Scott. I think a movie needs a plot majority of the time. It's great. I know I'd love to just sit there and watch people just shoot shit, but I, you know, go to a local break room and I'd kill myself if I sat there long <laughs> enough um, at the end of the day. Uh, but this is, at the end of the uh, this movie I think has an important story uh, about his life and like, I think the family dynamic, I think it kind of does have a plot. It may not be like a through line, but you get the, the feeling with this kid of what he, what movies do does for him and goes through. So obviously it's good. Um, I think, I think it's my sixth of the year right now. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Uh, Kirk. 
Yeah, there's a lot to like about this movie. Like Tim said, he and I spoke, and we talked about it last week on... Uh, I'm going to be repeating myself a lot from Logged last week, I, I realized, because um, we talked about the same subject, basically. Um, yeah, I love the movie-making stuff, the stuff about him becoming, like, grow, you know, becoming a filmmaker and his motivation for, for it and, you know, how that, you know, just the different ways that he went about doing that, the scenes where he's actually making movies. Those are all great. Uh, the weakest parts for me and the stuff that really knocks down is the family stuff. Um, I don't think... I don't, I don't think Michelle Williams' performance is really strong. I think she's being a very broad, like, uh, you know, mentally ill housewife performance. Um, so she, she ducks down. Paul Dan, I don't think necessarily bad. I think he's just miscast. Um, I just, I, I don't see him in that kind of role. Um, so that's, for, for me, that's, that's, that, that's what held the movie up for me. Um, and like uh, Tim said, you know, identifying the character, definitely. Um there's been other movies like this whole like reimagine director's autobiography kind of genre uh, done over the past couple of years that I've connected with just a little bit more, but that's me personally. Um, I don't think it's a bad movie by any stretch of the I, I do think Subti is crazy in his opinion on this. I don't think it's nearly as bad as he says it is. Um, but uh, it is a, uh, it's still a pretty uh, solid movie. And Tim, I can't give you a hard time. Here's the thing. I'd be a hypocrite because you are closer in age to Subti than I think I am to most Kingsmen. So if I'm going to come for the Kingsman, I can't say anything when you come for sub T. So Fair. that's, that's, that, that's how I look at it. <laughs> Best paced movie of all time. We're going to check it out. Um, uh, okay. Uh, that's sub T's take. Uh, <laughs> he came at me and sea beast too. I was yelled at for that too. Um, he's going to be on the show this year, by the way, also sub T will be on the show with his, the rest of his family for a Kolbikowski episode. So look out for that. That's awesome. Uh, I love it. Um, all right, everybody else on the Fablemans. Uh, let's go Scott first because, you know, Scott scoffed three times during. Uh, uh, I'm not happy with how this draft has gone thus far. There were three movies that I singled out as my first round picks, and two of them have gone, and I think the third one will be going in Mar with Mark's picks. So I'm not happy right now, uh, but I was happy after I watched The Fablemans because it's an incredible movie. Um, and a much more difficult and complicated movie than I think you might expect uh, from the master of the crowd pleaser, Steven Spielberg. Um, you know, this movie is basically about how if you really want to be a great artist and, you know, fully pursue your dream, you have to like leave your family behind or at least put them as second priority. So um, again, it's a, it's a much more um, complex film than you might expect. Um, I love all the movie making stuff as well. Um, I think just the vibes are immaculate, great performances. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's the best possible version of what this could have been. I think it's also very funny. I love, you know, Chloe East as his girlfriend is, is a real um, hoot and Judd Hirsch has a great scene. Um, just overall, um, you know, top tier Spielberg. Uh, yeah, um, I, I'm, I will side with Scott here. I am also very upset. Um, it, it, the Fablemans is my four of the year, and I thought, I foolishly thought, you know, hey, if I go four, maybe I can snake this with my second pick. There, I guess that's not happening. So, I'm very, you know. I I think very simply, I think I put this in my letterbox review. I, I walked out of that movie just saying to myself, this is why I go to the movies. The Fablemans is, is the type of movie that like I, I'm always looking for. Just a incredibly personal story by the person who's telling it and just 
and just trying to kind of weave about it, like kind of just really just putting his heart right on right on the screen, like of just how all of his relationships affected his not only his life but how it affected his art and kind of how he saw the world and like that, like sort of like when we saw like where he's shooting that war movie and he's telling and he's telling like uh, the uh, he's telling that guy to like to kind of think about like you know maybe you're wrong like sending all your troops out there to die like it. It's one that just really hits hard. And it's also a thing that does annoy me at this point where I feel like even though he's probably like on the Mount Rushmore directors, I think people forget that Spielberg is still putting out fucking bangers all the time, especially like right now, since he, he probably made this is probably like one of his best movies ever. And like and it's 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 I think there's a small chance it goes kind of unnoticed. And especially since, you know, there were at least a couple of just strictly like, oh, we're making movies for the love of cinema, cinema. like one came out that I think is going to be brought up later in the show that, quite frankly, is not up to snuff. And like, this is the one that I think is talked about way less than that other one. Yeah. um, First of all, I think we all just witnessed a YLS first of uh, panelists threatening the judge's son like i don't believe that's ever happened i think that's really actually kind of crazy but yeah you know anything can happen uh just like this movie shows that anything can happen in movies look uh this would have been my this is my third favorite of the year uh like i i talked about it on logged it yeah it, it just perfectly captures how much movies can mean to someone and how just like they can in a way just change the world and how their dreams um yeah i i think what cam was saying i agree like everyone is talking about the final scene and while that is probably my favorite scene of the movie the scene where uh sammy confronts his childhood bully in the hallway is very very close to being my favorite scene of the movie um i loved every scene sammy had with his girlfriend i think that character is so just over the top but like in the best way possible um, and yeah, great Arizona movie. For the record, I could threaten Cody's sons too, but Cody lives closer to me than Kirk does. So, and they're very small. And I've threatened Kirk's son because to Kirk, not live on call. And Cody threatened threaten. my son. I'm going to threaten Theo since Zach picked uh, Tar. Yeah. Ooh, he would take you the fuck down. He <laughs> probably would. Zach, Zach was 42 minutes to talk about the Fablements. We're on pick three. Hey, we're talking about the big ones. We'll go quicker after that because we're talking about I know. Well, hopefully. All right. Um, I, I love the Fablements. I don't need to add to why it's great. I do want to Mark's point of like maybe one of his sure. best movies of all time. And if not one of his like top five or top ten best it will be the one to represent this era like it's definitely his most important film of late career spielberg um so if they have to like put in a obituary i'll make it because it'll represent a lot about his whole career really um that's how he's gonna die soon but guys he's like 80 almost um anyways i will say that uh during the film this is one of the ones where i just got like I had had checked myself because I would just get like insanely jealous um, at like Spielberg showing off what like genius he was as a teenager and like what the fuck I wasted my life like why is this not me I should have been studying editing machines and making zombie films with my sister um, but it was also uh, one of the two experiences this year where I felt really 
connected to it vicariously through uh, watching it with my mom. My mom just reacted very uh, viscerally to a lot of the family stuff and, re- and related strongly, I think, to a lot of what Michelle Williams was going through. Um, and, and that meant something. But like Michelle Williams in there, uh, my mom failed and did not make me a director. So thanks, Mom. <laughs> Hey, heat measure off on Letterboxd. Uh, Mark, <laughs> you're up. Well, like I feel like I could probably go a lot of ways with this one, but it's me, and I have to make a personal pick here. And I think I could maybe let this one skate by, but you know what? I'm just not going to do that. Two people here already wearing the merch. I'm obviously yeah. taking the Batman okay. with my with my be doing the Batman. Just the easiest pick like I could have ever made. Oh shit! I didn't even. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I goddamn love this. I love this movie so much. I, it was probably my most anticipated movie of the year, and it lived up to pretty much every expectation. I got for the first time ever. We saw Batman be a fucking detective on screen. Like, that's never happened. Everybody's like, no, he's not a fucking detective. Like, we're just going to watch him punch people. No, like, he's half of this movie is him solving a case with his buddy cop, Jim Gordon. Like, the, like that. that's fucking cool. Like, I'm never, I'm never going to get over it. I love that part of the movie. The, and for some reason, even though, like, it seems weird that we keep trying to get, we keep giving Batman an origin story, people just kind of keep finding ways to make it, to make it interesting. Because this is kind of like one of the first, like one of the first times I think we kind of seen Batman become a hero on screen where because at least like in the first trailers, I knew I did at least a slight eye roll every time I heard I'm vengeance. Like I, I kept hearing that. And I think, oh, this this is stupid. But like throughout the movie, everybody just keep calling him vengeance. Like, oh, shit. Like that's like a small comeback to like everybody sees him as like this fear-mongering guy. They don't see him as that hero yet. And he has to become that hero of Gotham. And yeah, I think you know, we can we can make the seven references. Yeah, we can say all that. I know there's going to be somebody breaking up uh, Paul Dano's Riddler on screen on this panel. But you know what? It's I feel like just as as a package like there's no like there's no movie I feel like was was better constructed. It's definitely one of the better comic movies I, I've seen in a while. It's I think probably as of right now, it's my second favorite Batman movie of all time. I I absolutely adore this movie. It was easily my favorite of the year. Um, okay. Um, so last night, I, I left with a decision. Um, there was one movie that I watched today, and then I watched uh, an hour and a half of this movie. Um, you had seen it before, right? Correct. Got correct. it. Um, and I have no business returning to it. Just gonna be honest. I had no business returning to it. I don't think it's a bad film. Um, one, I get it. Like, comic book movies have circling this movie for decades, apparently. Like, The Dark Knight never came out, and Batman, whatever. Look, this is this is this time frame's Batman. Cool. Um, I just have a huge problem when you inflate your runtime for no damn reason whatsoever. Inflated runtime makes no sense for Batman, especially your first character. Do what you want. Paul Dana was touted around like being the next, like, 
move over. He, oh, Heath Ledger, well, he died, but last once Paul Dano was here, we got a reimburse. I don't see it at all. I will never get it. I never understood it. He, and thank God for Heath Ledger because he copied him and he does a really good job. Um, Gotham is a city. I will say that. Gotham, uh, Gotham is a character. Gotham is a character. It's the first time ever. It's an actual character on screen, and that's cool to see. I just hate the lighting department. I just hate the lighting department in basically every DC movie that's ever existed known to man. He is vengeance. He is the night. You need night vision to see things. I don't care. You can light things. The scene that everybody talks about, I've watched it multiple times on multiple different like medium and screens and stuff. It is dark as shit. As dark as shit, I understand that may be the point, but I, if it's cool, I want to see what's happening. I don't want to see, oh shit, is somebody getting hurt? I don't get it. I don't think he's a great Batman. I don't think there was a great character. I don't think there was anything that makes me want, ooh, the next one I'm ready for. That's my personal, but I don't think he's bad, but I don't think he's great. Like, I don't, I think he's a middle, he's Batman, cool. That's my opinion. Uh, I really wish you would have waited until like the third round because I don't know if anybody steals this from me right away. And then you, I'm like, oh, it's a third round pick, it's great. The first three taken, Batman's not even doesn't even hold a candle in my opinion, and I love Mark, but that's that's a that's a bad pick. This is why the Indianapolis Colts are picking first, second in the pick every year. This is that famous draft <laughs> pick because you needed a quarterback and you drafted you drafted a tight end out of Nebraska. Gosh, um, Kirk, what's your opinion? Yeah. Cody and I were having a conversation uh, last night, and I realized something over the past year or so, um, and this is one of the movies that made me realize it. If I go to the the theater and I see a comic book movie and I enjoyed it, I had a good time, um, smart thing for me to do is never watch that movie again because they, they never get better. And I've seen this once, and I liked it. But I realize if I go back to it, how much I want to kind of tear it apart. So I'm just going to, I, my goal is to just kind of leave it there in that nice memory in my brain. Um, a lot of good things about it. I think he did make a good Batman. I like the way they um, they found a good balance for Batman. He wasn't like super grimdark, but he wasn't like all, you know, whatever. Um, he was, he, he, he was, it was a really great Batman portrayal. Um, I do like the way they set up Gotham City. I like the way that, um, you know, at the beginning, there's, there's, there's opening 10 minutes when you just see like he's made criminals afraid of the dark. I love that. I don't love the fact that like his arc was moving away from that because that's kind of like foundational to Batman and who he is. Um, Paul Dano would have made a great Riddler. But instead of making him Riddler, they just put a garbage bag over his head and made him a generic serial killer. Um, so I'll always be sad about what could have been, what might have been with that character. Because I mean, if they had put that green suit and the glasses on him, perfect. Um, but yeah, there's a lot here to like. Um, the Penguin was good. I love like the Iceberg Lounge and all that stuff. Um, but like I said, I think I'm just going to leave it leave it alone uh, with my good memories of it and try not to go back to it. Um, but yeah, that's what it is. Uh, question for the the people in uh, Melee. If I ever play Kirk and I pick 2022 comic book movies, he would have to rewatch this then, right? I if he was studying, yeah. or, or hope not. Or he could not care. Do, 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 do you want to make me hate this movie, Tim? That you want me to continue to... Well, so here's the thing. I don't, I don't love, love, love this movie. This is my number... 
23, which I would say that some people would say that it means I probably love it, but I have like 190 movies on my rank list. And it's pretty high, but um, I need to go back to it. I saw it a lot in the theater, weirdly enough. Like my, the runtime did not bother me. Um, It it really didn't. Um, But, and I really like Robert Pattinson as Batman. My biggest problem with the movie and uh, Nick and I have talked a lot about this, is that I don't feel, to me, Batman, the perfect incarnations of Batman are the ones that can separate the three identities of Batman. That's Batman who's out there doing what Kirk was saying, fucking shit up in the dark, uh, creeping the shit out of the goons and stuff. And then there's Bruce Wayne in the public eye, being like a rich asshole and then there's bruce wayne who's with alfred working on his tech uh and uh being who he kind of really is batman is kind of the one that is really who he is at the core like at the end of the day when he puts the suit on that's his real thing i feel like this movie they were all the same batman begins the reason that's my favorite batman movie is it has that split really well uh you see bruce in the public eye at hotels like jumping into pools with women and then you see him at like his birthday party being like a fake drunk asshole you see him with alfred and then you see him as batman and i feel like that separation is really strong the thing that nick said that is so true to me is how did none of those people at that funeral uh, realize for the mayor realize that that was Batman because he walked in and he is acting like Batman would you know what I mean like he there's no uh, there there's just a huge disconnect there I feel like he's just the same across every scene whether he's wearing the suit or whether he's not um, but that being said I do really like Robert Pattinson I think he was really good in the movie and my hope is that in the sequel. Um, we see more of that disconnect now that he has uh, more time as Batman under his belt. Excuse me. Um, so that's my hope. I also really like the Penguin. I think Colin Farrell was really good. The score, I think, is really incredible. I like that they went a lot of practical visual effects for the movie. I think that was really cool. Um, if you watch the behind-the-scenes stuff on like the Blu-ray and HBO and stuff, they show that like they literally jumped a batmobile through a fucking wall of fire that's so fucking cool uh that they actually did that um because zack snyder did it and it was all a big fucking cgi mess uh so there's this movie is frustrating because there's so much i like about it but there's also stuff that really frustrates me um like all the mob stuff it's it's the same bullshit in the dark knight it's the same like all of the mob stuff in this movie is more or less exactly what we saw in the Nolan trilogy. And so if a lot of it feels like a rehash while also being a reinvention and that Joker scene is awful. I will say that I like Paul Dano as the Riddler. I like the Zodiac killer type type of take on it, but introducing a Joker esque character at the end there seriously felt it felt like the most corporate committee move to put at the end of the movie in a movie that otherwise even though i didn't love love every part of it felt very pat like passion filled by the director 
And then that just felt like a tack on because the studio was like, we got to capitalize on Joker and Batman. And that's stupid. But I get why people love it. So. And sub T is awful. Next person. Um, I like the movie quite a bit. Um, like great vibes, not near as fun as uh, the Dark Knight Rises, I must say. Um, but more, I love. More, I, that's a sincere comment by me, Adore. I, I, I know. I that's the thing. You and Scott, I, I believe me. I nothing. No one thought you were joking. We know you're serious. It's the Batman movie I've seen the most. <laughs> Um, oh my god! Um, anyways, more important than talking about the quality of the movie is talking about the quality of Mark's pick, which is a shitty ass pick. Like you're a dumbass, you would have gotten this on the turn, taken and ruin Scott's life and take his next pick. But you're like the Batman, definitely need this before Scott is going to pick a superhero movie. Yeah, but good movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I. I love this movie. Um, I like. Uh, I, I would say it's my third favorite Batman movie. Um, I really do like um, how they portrayed Batman, like Mark says, as a detective. How he's just like hard on the crime scene, just finding clues, just beating up bitches. It it just feels good. Um, I know some people were saying like, um, like 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 Tim just noted how like. This Batman, they all, like, all versions of Bruce Wayne sort of feel like the same thing. And, like, I think, yes, I agree, but I think this is, like, early in uh, Bruce Wayne's career as Batman. So I think perhaps in the sequel, like, he might perfect those personas and those identities. But, yeah, like, Bruce Wayne in this doesn't feel like he's felt the loving embrace of a woman in years. And, like, that's probably what it would take to be someone like Batman. Uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoy Paul Dano. Colin Farrell is incredible. There's a reason why half the shit he's just, oh God, what are you showing me? Come on. Like everything is amazing. Um, Greg Fraser shoots the shit out of this movie. Like it's one of the most beautiful looking movies of the year. Yeah. I, I loved it. Beating up bitches. Yeah. Not quite as good as Dark Knight Rises. A little bit better than Batman and Robin. Uh, That's where it kind of falls for me in in my Batman rankings. But I very much enjoyed it. Uh, I did. Uh, I don't know anything about Batman lore or the character or any of that stuff. I just wanted to see a fun movie. And I thought this was a fun movie. I really liked the aesthetic. As everyone said, I think it did something different story wise with Batman that we haven't really seen before. Um, the cast was pretty much great. Hated the Joker part. Agreed that that was terrible. But um, for the most part, like in terms of where comic book movies are in 2022, this is like in a whole different league, honestly. I agree. Hey, just real quick. Hey, uh, Kirk, you have a homework assignment. What I need you to start doing is uh, I need you to go back to the beginning of Multiplex and show him old clips of Caleb Coho and realize it's not that cool to be like a troll and a meme. So he needs to stop that because that no one believes. I think that. everyone here needs and to stop if, being triggered by a thirteen-year-old. Like, can we just move on? You <laughs> don't tell me how to run my thing. Thank you. And second, um, all I would say is, uh, if he ever walks near a crown, uh, might need to like you know ground him. Okay, uh, Scott, your your next pick, your first pick. All right. Well, thank you, Mark. Uh, you at least left a movie for me here in the first round. Um, it's on the thumbnail. This is not Are getting you, back. I at, see your board. This is not getting back at um, at Zach, obviously, Oops. because Zach didn't really <laughs> like this movie. But whatever. I got to take it. It would be dumb not to. Uh, it's Top Gun Maverick. Okay. 
Um, yeah, best blockbuster of the year for me. One of the best blockbusters in years. Um, it um, improves like it, it's not even again in the same league as the first movie. The first movie is extremely boring and I don't like it. And then this just felt like something completely different. Um, the vibes are amazing. Uh, the characters that it introduces are so much more interesting than um, in the first movie. Um, obviously, you have Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise. I mean, he is what he is first and foremost. Reason one A, the engine that makes this movie run um, with his just incredible movie star charisma. Also, you have like the meta commentary going on about, oh, is Tom Cruise over the hill? Right? Can he still do it as an actor? Um, and so the whole movie is kind of about that as well. Um, and so all that stuff is, you know, is great. Um, it's just super entertaining to watch again. I, I love the, the training sequences, Glenn Powell and Miles Teller are such great additions. Um, again, so much more charisma to me than, um, any of the other fly boys from the first movie. Um, it has some really emotional, you know, moments in the movie, obviously the Val Kilmer stuff, um, the whole arc with, uh, Maverick and Rooster and, you know, obviously, um, both of them trying to come to terms with what happened to Goose in the first movie and then just some of the most thrilling action, um, you know, in years. Um, the flight sequences are amazing. Uh, the stunt work is amazing. Um, you know, the the final action climax is so tense and has, you know, the most fist pumping moment of the year, like literally pumped my fist in the air in the theater when hangman comes to the rescue um and then you know the again big emotional payoff you get the lady gaga song you get the uh, it's what my dad would have done like it is just cinema um so i absolutely enjoyed the hell out of this movie it deserved all the millions that it made uh got to watch it with my dad the first time which was awesome and then the second time um i actually went to see it um with a, it was still a full crowd like months later and just seeing the reactions to people even months later. Um, it, it's, it's a special movie and you understand why Steven Spielberg recently told Tom Cruise, like, you know, you saved cinema or whatever. Um, uh, so it, it's, it's awesome. Super big crowd pleaser had to go with this one in round one. Surprise. It's still here. That's, that's why we need the blockbusters. Um, anyways, um, what I will say is like this, this is a movie that I had zero expectations from for at all. Like I hate, I wouldn't say I hate, but I don't like the first one. I good. find it. I had to debate. I argued it in debate where somebody said it was the best eighties action movie of the eighties, like eighties action movie, and I thought that was laughable because it's not action. It's Brooklyn Vale. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I think just that scene that I put on my top one hundred scenes of the the final run could go higher on my list as I watch it. It's like, I like hold my breath when it's happening. I know what's going to happen, but it's such an insane experience in the theater. It's even better. I got to watch it with Tim of uh, Wisconsin and the fact that he's only has four stars. is just, a, he's criminal, but uh, we'll get to that point. Uh, I just, I, this, this is what, if you're going to do a sequel to a movie that I think was like popular, but not, not good. And this is how you do a sequel to it years later. Um, Cause they talked about it and I could have literally cared less about the movie. And now I think it's my three of the year, maybe three or four. I just, it's an easy, it's an easy watch. Like it's exciting. It's fun. Unlike my co-host, I like everything about the movie. Um, I'm passing it over to him to tell me 
Yeah, I went and saw this in uh, IMAX because our friends want to see an IMAX, and I was like, eh, and they're like, we'll pay for you. I was like, okay, I'll go see an IMAX. Um, stuff, in the, stuff in the plane is great. Everything up in the air is a lot of fun. Um, all the, the trench runs and everything is cool. Everything on the ground, not so much. Um, I mean, is it better than the first Top Gun? Yeah, but that's an incredibly low bar. Um, are these characters better than the characters in the first Top Gun? Yes, but again, incredibly low bar, um, if that's what we're comparing it to. Um, I think it has a lot of the same energy and just same like nonsense and like crap I don't care about about this uh, about this uh, you know from this movie and in this this franchise. Um, so yeah, I, I I mean I didn't expect it to. It was it was almost it was kind of like in that Avatar range where you're like, is this movie ever going to come out? Is it going to see the light of day? Is it going to tank? Um, I figured it would do well. I didn't expect it to do as well as it did. Um, but yeah, I didn't. It, I didn't expect to connect to this at all, and I really didn't in the end. Um, this movie's great. Uh, it is my number uh, sixteen for the year. Um, it could go higher. Um, I need to rewatch a couple things. Like my list is never final, to be completely honest. Like my top three, maybe, but like I'm moving stuff around all the time, um, and. I'll say what I said in my review when I first saw it. They did like an early, like it came out on a Friday, but they did like a Tuesday early access screening on like IMAX and Dolby and stuff. And I went and saw it with my grandpa and his favorite movie is the original Top Gun. He's seen it more than any other movie. It's like the only movie he watches. Um, And I took him to see this and it was an incredible experience. He lost his mind during the whole movie. Um, absolutely loved it. Uh, Jennifer Conley, gorgeous. Just got to say it. She's beautiful in the film. Love it. Her car, also beautiful. Uh, she's just she's a beautiful woman. I just got to point it out. Bucky, stop licking me. Uh, but the everyone said the action scenes, incredible. Um, I also said it in my review. Uh, Tom Cruise not only runs in a action setting in this film, but also in a beach volleyball setting or beach football. I excuse me, uh, which is awesome uh, that he runs uh, not once but twice in this film. It's just got a lot of heart. I love it. I was going to bring this up. I said before uh, in a very serious manner that as a manager of a movie theater, you want the superhero movies uh, to play at your theater. You also want movies like Top Gun Maverick to play at your theater. Uh, this, I think, I agree. I think I would agree with Scott where it's not my favorite blockbuster of the year. I have another one that I would bring up, um, but it's number two for sure. I think that it's better than any comic book movie that came out this year. Um, it's one of the best blockbusters of the last 10 years. Uh Tom Cruise is just fucking awesome. And uh, Scott, I think, was the one that brought up the line at the end of, like, the um, it's what my dad would have done or whatever. That moment where they just, like, fucking hug at the end and the score kicks in. Like, that's the fist bump moment where I'm like, mm. let's fucking go. Like, oh, it's so great. And the fact that I bring up the macaw often, she hates the first Top Gun. She says it's a sexist piece of 80s crap. And she loved the new one. Uh, I just think that it's 
It's a movie that literally anybody can watch and at least enjoy um, to an extent, if not love. Uh, great fucking movie, as Mike would say. Yeah, I love this movie. Uh, this was my 20 of the year, and like everyone says, it's just, it's what you want blockbusters to be, and that is just an incredibly thrilling and fun time. I love the supporting crew of this movie. Like, everyone loves, like, Hang Ty- Hangman and Rooster. Like, I loved, like, Bob, and I loved uh, the... Yeah, Shocker, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know, I love the nerdy, pathetic guy the most. Um... Yeah, uh, not only does Tom Cruise run twice through this movie, this man sneaks out of a woman's bedroom after he had just courted her. This is a man in his 50s at this point. What a legend. Like, yeah. What did he say? (laughs) Courted. I I still do that in my marriage, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like Maverick enough. Uh, it's an enjoyable film. I will say there's there's a huge barrier that I had across for me to be able to love it, and it's not able to cross the barrier. It's not really the format for that conversation. Um, to, we'll save it there, but it you know it's um, still enjoyable. It's undeniably like fun in a theater. I just they still have some problematic elements um, that I can't defend. So, oh, the, and Tom Cruise in the window looking sad in the middle of Great Balls of Fire is so funny. It, is, it goes like, Great Balls of Fire, then slow pants. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, I kind of feel like I kind of was feeling about this. I kind of had the same fear for this movie like whenever like whenever Creed came out, whenever the first Creed, I thought we're just going to get a bunch of nostalgia. And you know what? They gave, they actually gave, you know, Maverick a character in this movie and it's a pretty decent character. And it's one that is kind of, it's one that I think is, is, was built by how long they waited to do the sequel. And one thing, another thing I was really surprised with was um, I thought we were maybe going to get like one good, plane sequence in this movie and we get like and we got like four and they're all incredible and they kind they're spaced perfectly throughout the movie just kind of help make it move although i will say even though you know we brought up you know jennifer connelly but if, if there's another top gun movie can we just not do another fucking love story like it's the weakest part of both movies like let's just not do it let's not they even they even made a weird attempt, like, oh, but she was that character from the first movie. Like, who gives a fuck? Okay, let's just let's just be in the planes, shoot down Russian planes, even though they don't say Russians, but they're clearly Russians. And you know, let's just have fun. You know, let's just do that. But it's a great movie. It's in my top ten. Okay, oh, uh, ten two. five movies, <laughs> five movies down, and we're an hour and ten. I'm going to die here. Um, Were we like four hours last year? I don't know. And we didn't draft. Um, Scott, uh, take it away. Round two. I might start All telling right, people well, to shut up. No yeah. Well, you know me. I'm always about the big action movies. I just won't shut up talking about big blockbusters and action movies. I already took one. I you. I'm going to take another one. It's called RRR, guys. Um, yeah. Uh, amazing piece of cinema that I knew nothing about coming into this year, as I think probably everyone here can say the same thing. And then 
um, some early word of mouth, I was like, well, I have, you know, three hours to kill on a Saturday afternoon. So I might as well go check it out in theaters. And uh, wow, am I glad I did that uh, because this movie has now become kind of a sensation and, and I understand why. Um, you know, I'm definitely no expert in Indian cinema and Hollywood cinema as this is. Um, so I can't say if all the movies are like this, but um, wow, this movie is doing so many things that, um, you know, American movies are not, American movies of this type are not just from the very beginning of the movie when um, you have the Raju character fighting off like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people to try and capture this one uh, prisoner or one one person. Um, you know that you're in for like a totally sick and heavy metal experience. And, and that's what you get for over three hours. Um, it's just a incredible over the top, you know, spectacle um make sure and tag rrr in the title of this episode so we can get some comments going <laughs> yeah let's get another um, time stamp user that was, that was the <laughs> anyway. thing i've ever done is go into the tags and add rrr to the tags yeah. of that video. any anyway the action <laughs> looks amazing consi considering it only costs like 75 million dollars and again marvel movies cost 200 and look like shit um this movie looks awesome um the, the first um, bridge rescue scene is amazing. You know, the tossing of the flag and all that. The music, everyone, of course, the Nazi Nazi dance sequence is, you know, one of the, the most uh, crowd-pleasing scenes of the year. Um, it's got, you know, the power of friendship in it. Like, the whole movie is just kind of about this bromance between these two dudes. Um, and, yeah, again, more sick action at the end. Um, it's never boring. It's the perfect way to spend a Saturday afternoon. Um, and I'm so glad that this movie is, has caught on because it seems like, and it's probably going to win an Oscar. It seems like it's a movie that everyone involved with just loved making and that everyone involved with just like loves movies and just made it for the love of movies. So, um, I appreciate everything about this. Yeah, I've been on this channel for a really long time, and uh, most people who know me as the host of YLS, but India knows me as the host of the first episode of the Roundtable for RRR, <laughs> um, highest viewed in this channel's history. Thank you so much. It fell off drastically after our first episode, <laughs> but we're hoping to rebound in season two. Anyways, um, this movie, I, I if you want my full thoughts, I won't go into detail because I, I already talked about it on that, but if you – I pause – after like right after the uh that girl gets hit with the the like piece of wood like after she gets mm -hmm. taken and i paused and i said what the fuck am i watching like what are we doing like there's some stuff i haven't seen in like film before like that shot was incredible to me and then the next scene is like him fighting down the mountain holding on to one guy i was like I'm in for whatever this is. The runtime. So the Batman. I said the runtime. This is a. This is one of those. Yeah, another language. No real problem with runtime. Watch this movie twice. And that dance sequence. If you are feeling down or you're feeling sad, two things you can do. One, watch that dance scene from the wedding, or tune into ten seconds of picture this and hear them try to discuss best picture winning films. You will be better for it in the long run. Um, other than that, <laughs> Kirk, take it away. 
Yeah, um, I kind of avoided this movie for a while just because um, A, the length, and B, like, when it started getting hyped up, I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is going to live up to it. Everybody's talking about it. Brian Michaels is hyping it up. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if this is me or not. <laughs> um, but I, I don't remember what exact. I don't know if I had to watch it for something or what it was or if I just, like, cracked down like I gave like I said. And, yeah, it pretty much lived up to everything. Um, this movie is fantastic. Um a lot of fun, like the music. I mean, everybody talks about dancing, which is really cool. Um, but just how it goes from like super like ridiculous comic booky stuff, but like then there's like some real like deep, you know, character things there. Um, I love the um, I forget the characters' names, but the one who's the under kind of undercover and the uh, you know, he's he's the one that's like mm. trying to save the girl. Um, I kind of love like his how he does like an alter ego he does like the bruce wayne thing where he plays like this kind of like simple plays the kind of simpleton and like just you know nods and follows everybody wrong but he's like really like the super tough guy um i will just say this though um if your country is going to take a moral stance against using animals uh live animals in your movie and you are going to include weaponized animals in your film you really got off that special effects budget you just got to. You got to make it a priority because that's the one weakness of this movie. Some of those animals, some of those effects are oh, pretty rough. But awesome. the rest, the rest. Uh, other than that, other than that, um, it's great. Uh, also, is it really helping the cause against animal harm when it's promoting the use of animals as weapons? Yeah, uh, everyone just like <laughs> throwing tigers. Not safe, guys. Don't do it. Um, the movie is fun, enjoyable enough. I will say. I, the problem Kirk had with Top Gun is my problem with this is like in between the action scenes, it becomes from like fun silly with the action to like, are we sure this wasn't bad silly in the moments in between? Uh, and, but that, that's all I thought. I watched this with like 102 degree fever, so maybe I need to give it another shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I watched this on Netflix. It didn't play at any theater near me, so I didn't get to go see it there. But uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't love it the way I think I'm more little lower than Kirk where like I watched it after all the expectations were super high and it, it didn't quite live up to everything, but I still enjoyed it. Um, I liked the ridiculous nature of it. Um, I enjoyed the, the lead characters. Um, the dance scene, like everyone said is great. Um, runtime didn't bother me. I, I thought it was good. I just didn't think it was like this masterpiece of cinema and i i just gotta say scott i said it to zach you you don't have to go see all the marvel movies if you don't like them oh stop seeing don't, them. don't don't worry tim i i said last night that quantumania was the last straw for me and i'll be waiting for disney plus yeah. great great <laughs> this movie is in my top 10 of the year i think it's awesome uh yeah um, I did not have any issues with the visual effects. Like, I get it's not photorealistic, but I love the stylized look of it. And if we could just start trope of three-hour movies dropping their title card uh, an hour into the movie, it's one of the most badass things you could do. Love it. Uh, I did not finish watching this movie. I have a quippy comment about Bollywood movies, but for the sake of time, I'll keep it to myself. It's not a Bollywood movie, so... Oh yeah, it felt you should like keep it to yourself. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we we back to me now. Yeah, 
I think so. Uh, you know what? You know what? I, I will take to heart, like at least for you guys, uh, take my strategy. You know what? I will go ahead and pick a movie that I saw. Letterbox. Three people on this panel had five stars. I watched it last night. Absolutely loved it. And that is going to be the the cha cha, real smooth. My second round pick. Um, you know, I I would say Cooper Wraith. Cooper Wraith has like has two talents. One is having an incredibly punchable face. Like I don't think a guy has a more punchable face than Cooper Wraith. Hmm. And like at least with the two movies, this and Shithouse, he does a he has a really he does a really good job of of kind of of kind of laying out kind of the feelings of like uh, I feel like of young people today, and kind of like in like at least kind of have having like at least that transition into adulthood i think and even even though like i'm kind of watching this movie and i feel like kind of some of the um some of the culture stuff that i think is slightly different than me like i still kind of felt like almost every feeling that this kid was feeling throughout this time of like he's out of college and he doesn't really know what he wants to do and he's kind of lost and he's and he's kind of searching for an identity. And like I feel like I connected that rule. And then we get to the love story part of it, which I think on the outset, I feel like the love story could have easily just been diluted down to like a a 90 minute version of like the MILF joke from American Pie. Like that this movie could have very easily been that. Instead, we get like I think a really sweet story between him and this slightly older woman and him kind of, you know, uh Helping her out with like her her, her kid, and then I feel like in, in every time I feel like that I think this movie has an opportunity to kind of like pull on a real emotional moment. I think he really nails it, and I think he's quietly turning into probably one of the more exciting filmmakers working today. Like I, I'll definitely see the next thing Cooper Rape does in theaters. I, I, even though I just saw last night a little bit of recently bias, I, I absolutely loved it and. Like I, I, I'm completely fine taking the second pick. All right, that's it. Mark, you're up now. No, that was his pick. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. I zoned out. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna go again. Cha cha, real smooth, Cody. Oh, um, I didn't connect to this movie at all. Um, I don't love it i i don't i honestly can't look i can't when i watch this i don't understand it i don't understand the hype or what's attached like i don't like the main character i guess is where i'm at like at the end of the day i don't like or like root for him or like connect with him to like understand where the story fully goes and i think that's my biggest problem with the movie like i watch i think it's fine i think it's a like i don't think it's bad i don't think this is like a like oh, how a terrible pick because I can if you relate to this or you're around that age or something like I guess it works but for me it just never has worked. Um, um, yeah, uh, I know. I I think Kirk Kirk liked it more. So Kirk, go for it. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed this one. Um, I think the th- the thing I connected to about this movie and I really enjoyed. I think that you explore. I mean, obviously, obviously the the focus is on him and his story and what he's going through. But he's encountering all these different people. You know, he you know his parents. He's with his parents, his younger siblings, the younger girl, 
the, the you know the married couple that's you know older than him but still relatively young, um, and all these people in different places in their lives. And I love that the movie kind of respects all of them and where they're at. At no point does the movie say like you know this character's stupid and doesn't know better or this this character's out of touch. Like everybody in this movie is like just where they're at in their lives. And that's okay. And they're ha- they have their experiences. They have what they're going through. And um, they're and they're just and you know it's the scene. I just love the scene where he, at at the end, after he has like the the blow up with with um uh with Dakota Johnson and uh the husband comes out. He's like, look, man, I'm just I'm just a stupid kid. He's just like, yeah, I know. Like it's like it's fine. Like it's it's not a big deal. This this is where you're at in life, and this is where we're at in life, and everybody's cool. Um, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed that, that aspect of it too, and um, yeah. Sub T said this was filmed. This is a Pittsburgh movie, um, so it does get bonus points for that. Um, but no, I, I really liked it. I think. I think. And again, I think the point was like he's the, he's the type of character, like, and I think the movie shows this. Like on the surface, like everybody who just interacts with him briefly, like, kind of hates him, but as people get to know him better. Um, you know, they, they, they see what kind of person he is. So I don't think he was necessarily supposed to be seen as a, like, a really likable person, at least on, you know, first contact. This is... Uh, I've this never is been seen by a comment more in my entire life. Oh. Like, this is exactly the point. Uh, this is uh, my number three of the year. I'm really glad that Scott Harvey told me to go see this movie because we were on an episode of Logged It um, where... I know Boltman was there, obviously. Scott was there. I think Kirk was there. I think Payson was there. Oh, um, yeah, and you went that night, right? <laughs> I went that night to see. There was a 10.30 p.m. showing <laughs> and uh, at the theater, and so I went to go see it. I'm glad I saw it in the theater. Um, I was nervous about going into this because I remember when Scott saw it before it was, like, acquired by – you saw it at Sundance, right? Scott mm-hmm. the, yeah. yeah. And um, he really liked it, and I, I really liked Dakota Johnson – I haven't seen shit house. So I had no idea who Cooper Rafe was. Um, but I was hearing from Coho and Boatman and pace and no offense. I love you guys, but you were all like the most Gen Z movie ever. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to hate this movie. And then Scott was like, I think you will really like this movie. And I was like, great. Glad I went to go see it. Um, also, Brad Garrett is in the movie, and I gotta support anybody that was ever in Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, if they if they're in a film, I gotta go and watch it because uh, Brad Garrett, I gotta I gotta be there for you, buddy. Uh, but he's great in the movie. Leslie Mann is the mom, right? Am I remembering that? Yeah. I think yeah. she's really really good in the small part that she has. The moment that gets me, and I'm like really weird. Any I've talked to Cody about it, uh, before, like lots of times, but any like mom and son stuff dad and son stuff any parental stuff really hits me and so the moment at the end when he comes in and he says i just wanted to let you know that i think you were a really great mom like that's the moment to me that just like breaks me um i i think it's a super fun movie i I like the relationship between uh cooper rafe and the and the daughter of dakota johnson i think that's a super sweet interesting good relationship um and i don't know there's just some, there's something special about the movie that it's just super charming in the way that it tells its story um 
this is another movie where you could say, quote unquote, it doesn't have a plot that uh, Maggie enjoyed, which means that it's probably pretty good. Um, and the actual cha-cha real smooth moment with the needle drop is great. Uh, really, really great moment. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what Cooper Rafe does. I have Shit House on Voodoo. I bought it. I just need to watch it. Um, but yeah, I really like this movie. Uh, put out a Blu-ray, Apple, you cowards, so I can buy it. Um, I adore the mom stuff that Tim mentioned in this and in Shit House because I also just love that like Cooper Rafe's a tour mission is just how much he loves his mom. Um, hashtag represent mom boys. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I will say I, I love Shithouse a lot more than I like this. I think maybe because there's more specificity to uh, that type of experience. Um, like I find a lot more in the college um, identity relatable than the being lost after. Um, and, but I do worry um, that that he is just Gen Z's um, Zach Braff. As someone who adored Garden State, um, the millennial Zach Braff was us millennials um, that we really see our creator. He understands us, um, and and in ten years, that might all look really sour. I really enjoy both of Cooper Rafe's movies. Um, yeah, I actually think. The one area where this improves on Shithouse to me is the the ending and how the romance, so to speak, resolves itself. I think it's much more realistic and cha-cha real smooth what happens as opposed to the like little coda at the end of um, Shithouse, which I just don't think is necessary. Um, the little like section at the very end, just literally like the last five minutes. But well, um, Scott, why are you going to keep talking trash on Coda? Man? Come on. <laughs> well, I wish this movie had been this year's Coda, right? Technical foul. It's a feel good movie while. that got picked up by Apple. Um, I think it's you know a better movie, but anyway, that's that's not important. I really enjoy the movie. I do think that um, yeah, it's imperfect. I understand why people would say like, oh, it's, you know, he's self-congratulatory, whatever. He thinks he's great. But I think it's an ensemble movie, right? Like, I think he's really giving everyone in the supporting cast a great part. Like, it's a fully fleshed out character. The mob, you know, you're mentioning Brad Garrett, Leslie Mann. His little brother is a great character. Yeah. Adia Rush, who plays his, like, old friend is really great. Like, all these people feel like real people. Um, so... Um, I think that's one of the big strengths of the movie. And then just the fact that, you know, he's 25 years old, whatever Cooper Rafe, and it feels like you're watching a movie by a 25 year old. Like it's messy, but he's wearing his heart on his sleeve and it's earnest. And it's refreshing to see that as much as I love to watch, you know, 27 year old Paul Thomas Anderson make boogie nights, right? Like this incredibly polished, accomplished movie or whatever. I also enjoy seeing a 25 year old make a movie that feels like it was made by a 25 year old. So. Love this. Still, it blows my mind that Paul Anderson made Boogie Nights yeah. and Event Horizon. In the it same will never movie. make any sense. <laughs> That's not where I thought you were going with that. But... <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm glad I got yeah. Scott. Has <laughs> everybody as, talked uh, to her? Patience. No, I, yeah. as, as someone in my 20s who uh, also doesn't have his shit together. Uh, this movie spoke to me on a very personal level. But yeah, I, I loved every aspect of this character. I loved uh, Cooper Rafe as the main character. I think he really um, hit like 
like a lot of like relatable moments of being like awkward and at that age um i think vanessa burkhart uh, who plays dakota johnson's daughter is fantastic and i think it's really cool that cooper rave casted um an actress on the spectrum and yeah i'm with tim apple stop being pussies release this on physical media you miserable pieces of shit like fucking wow. do it you you've now said pussies and bitches in one episode basically you said you told a 13 year old you're just being aggressive nah, you hate women it's okay we, we've already or, threatened children like, or, we're going downhill, okay? or you, you can going. just stop physical media altogether oh no. <laughs> just saying boom i hope <laughs> It works better. Just see what's because okay. Um, Tim, your next pick. Oh well, Cha Cha Real Smooth was going to be pick, so uh, I'm gonna go. Uh... <laughs> see, I, everyone's like, I want that. I just want to talk about all my favorite movies. So I'm trying to play the game of will somebody else take something that I want to talk about. That's a big strategy, Kyle. Yeah, I'm going to go with one that I think less people will talk about in the hope that more people will talk about my number four of the year. I'm going to go with my number five of the year. It's Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Uh, this movie's awesome. Uh, I wanted to see it in the theater so bad. It only played a week at the theater by me, so I didn't get a chance to see it in the theater. Um, but it's, it is probably the most heartwarming, delightful film I saw all year. Um, watched it with Maggie. I bought the A24 4K Blu-ray that they sell only on their website. Represent. Um, and it's awesome. Uh, Maggie and I sat here and laughed our asses off uh, for 90 minutes. And also, I like wept and just had a rip-roar in time. It is such a sweet movie. I have never seen the shorts on YouTube this is based off of. I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, and then when I, I remember when it came out and Kirk logged it and had some really good things to say about it, I was like, wow. I like, okay, so this is a movie I need to watch out for. And it's just, it's so great. Um, it, it seriously is just like, I feel like every year there's that one movie that's just like, this is pure. This is just like so genuinely pure, wholesome, beautiful. Um, the whole, I, I don't, I know we're like allowed to spoil stuff, but I don't want to like totally spoil stuff. The ending I thought was really special the way it all comes together in the end. Um, and honestly, the feat of filmmaking at its core of this being stop motion and kind of doing all that work is really incredible. Um, it, it's just one of those movies I think that anyone could watch and enjoy and laugh and cry and just have a really, really great time. It, it Like Top Gun, but in a very different way, it is like pure movie making. Um, all around the board. I think it's really, really excellent. More people need to see it. Um, A24 had a really great year, um, but this, everything between everything, everywhere, this and some other stuff, um, I think that this, though, is like for being one of their only, like, I guess you could say children's quote-unquote films, uh, 
it, it, it's spectacular. I think a lot more people need to watch this ASAP. Maybe Kirk should go. <laughs> oh, Cody's back. No, I'm here. Um, I was really worried because I did a lot of work on 2022. And we hadn't talked about a lot of them, and I was like, "This is gonna be for nothing." Um, thank you. Um, I'm not gonna steal someone's thunder on this call because I'm. I will. I'll just admit this person's a bigger fan than me, but I'm really turning into a big Jenny Slate fan. I, I just find her hilarious in all aspects of movies. There was another movie that came out this year. Not high, middle of the road, but overall, I enjoyed it because of her um, and the movie that was coming. But this one, I had my doubts. I had my doubts about this. I thought the cutesy voice and everything was like, we're going to stretch too far. This is just delightful. This is just a nice, like, interesting movie. I also don't like stop animation. Um, not a big fan. Um, I understand it's talent. You're doing great. Blah blah. I don't need to hear people's opinion on it. Um, but I had a lot of fun with this. I think it was cute, um, and definitely worth a watch. I didn't understand it at the time. I never saw any of the shorts, um, so I didn't know this was a thing. Uh, so yeah, I'm all on board. I think this movie is uh, like definitely underseen by saw I, I I didn't even know it was coming out. I knew nothing about it, but. I'm glad it's getting some traction now. So, uh, Kirk, go ahead. Yeah. Um, like Tim said, I really love this movie. This is probably going to end up being my three of the year, I think. Three or four, maybe. Um, yeah, I saw it more out of curiosity. I heard, I was, you know, listening to a lot of podcasts here, a lot of people talking about it. And it was just really, uh, you know, interested in seeing, you know, what is this all about, this talking shell. And um, yeah, I took the whole family and we all loved it. And that rarely happens. Um, so that in and of itself is a feat. Um, and I just, like you said, it's very easy for a movie like this for like the cutesy voice and all that stuff to just be like one note and get old. Um, but I think it's because it's a great character and it's a great story. And just watching this character um, kind of explore their world and discover discover their world uh, is, is a lot of fun. Um, I think the voice work is great. I think the animation is great. Um, and I think it's a really sweet story and um, feel good movie of the year for sure. And um, yeah, I, I like I said, I, this this is going to be top three, top four for me. Yeah, I love this movie. I think it's delightful. Um, I think if someone were to tell you a twenty four is making a family movie, this is probably what you you would expect something like this. And I think that's really really cool. Um, I love that Jenny Slate and the director Dean Fleischer Camp have like how they've created this character in a really, really cool way. I just love seeing Marcel interact with his home and with his family. It's, it's, it's an amazing film. It's in my top 20 of the year. This is the movie that has been taken that I love the most. Um, this is the only one, including my own pick. Um, this is the only one in my top five. Um, I, I adore it. I would have taken later rounds. So I said my top three is still on the table, but I would, so I would have took at the end, but I'm happy. Um, it gets talked about, by the way, I will say, as someone who went to college or was in my later years of college in 2010 when, like, the short started, um, it was, like, a craze. So, at least in my social groups, it was really big, and I was just a huge fan of this. So this was one of my most anticipated movies of the year because I was such a big fan of the original YouTube shirts. I thought they were, like, the funniest things of um, that decade. Um, and I say I'm a huge 
Cody Hannon, a huge Jenny Slate guy. Um, Obvious Child's, you know, one of my favorite movies. There's something completely endearing um, to her to me and also just, like, really relatable. Like, I just, I see somebody of, not me, but, like, my friends, my social group represented by, um, kind of, by her vibes um, that, I, that I adore. But pro Ernest Cinema, um, I always will have something that's just, you know, about, you know, and appreciate life. Um appreciate what you got that there will always be something in my top 10 and, and that's this is the movie do it this year i need to rewatch it to feel good i haven't seen it i also haven't seen it oh scott you would like it really yo i just don't I, think i would yeah oh really <laughs> yeah I don't. that's scott, why I, that's why i haven't seen it to be honest oh fair okay mark i, I think mark might like it Probably I like stop motion. So. You guys are breaking the. They said they didn't say they're not allowed to talk anymore. That's yeah, the rule, cool. guys. People, people who saw uh, it are talking. The conversation not talking. Going uh, you're not allowed to talk. You're you're shunned from the shell. Uh, Payson, did you talk? I guess I have. Okay, delightful. We're moving on. Um, Payson, your turn to talk again by picking your next pick. Yeah, I'm taking uh, one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, it's a Best Picture nominee. Uh, we're going to Ireland, everyone. We're taking the Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, yeah, I absolutely adore this movie. This movie is both hilarious and tragic um, at the same time for me. Uh, I think I said that Waymond is my favorite character of the year. I think Podrick, played by Colin Farrell, is, for better ways or worse, probably the most relatable character of the year. Like, on the one hand, he's a happy-go-lucky Irishman. Ho ho! I'm an Irishman. I just walk around my Irishman village, just drinking from the pub. Ho ho! Get some pints. Ho ho! But like, oh, then you have Brendan Gleeson. I like to make fun of the Irish because of Coho, and he doesn't like my Irish accent. Um, Maggie said that sounded like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, honestly, Mickey Mouse is probably Irish. Like, we don't talk oh, about that enough. Um, but yeah, just the, the relationship between Fer- Podrick and Calm, played by Brendan Gleeson, just slowly getting disbanded is, it's, it's, it's it, like I said, it's funny, but it's also heartbreaking in a way, because you feel so bad for Colin Farrell's character as you are watching this movie, and at the same time, the movie makes you understand why Brendan Gleeson's character would want to do this, because... Look, although Podrick is a nice guy, you get that being around him every day would be sort of aggravating and sort of irritating. Um, the other... So- okay, yeah, uh, the other supporting performance in this movie, Kerry uh, Condon is excellent. Barry Keoghan, he's becoming one of my favorite actors. He's one of the weirdest looking guys in the world, but he's great. Um, I think Carter Burwell's score for this movie is incredible and yeah it's mcdonough you know it's going to get disturbing it's probably at this point maybe my favorite mcdonough movie and that's saying something because i really like his other movies this is gonna be the only person to like pick things that i really like but lose it because of his mouth like how he talked this entire time <laughs> um i i mean this is my number two i love this movie a lot uh I I love the I love the balance between the comedy and the like dramatic in this movie. I and I'm also one that doesn't really like because he's the same one that did in Bruges and 
and uh, Seven Psychopaths, right? I'm not a big fan. Like, I like Seven Psychopaths. I wasn't the biggest fan of In Bruges, surprisingly. A lot of people are like, that's the movie I should like. But this one just really worked for me. I just, like, it's just the small, like, tight-knit community. I think, I mean, we might not all, but I at least have I've had people in my life that remind me a lot of Paul Farrell at times. He's a lot. He's, you know, he's He's like, I understand like you're around that all the time. It can be uh, draining on you at times, but I, I love the, the back and forth between them. I love like the dramatic twist. Um, I actually was watching it again or whatever and had to stop it like right at the part where like he walks past him on the front and you're just like, oh, wow. It's, it's just such a hard part to leave. I, I think it's great. I think it's absolutely great. It's probably not going to get the like the awards or the buzz. That, like It's one of those movies that I loved and got nominated for a lot, but it'll be one that walks away with a couple but or something, but nothing like massive, but it's a really great... It's one of my... It's by far one of my favorites of the year, so good pick. Absolutely. And in the second round, I think that's a steal. Um, Kirk? Yeah, also one of my favorites of the year. Uh, going to land in my top five somewhere. And it, just the fact that uh, this is a late second round pick is shows how strong this year was. Um, but we talked about another one we talked about on Law did a lot last week. Um, I love the movie. I went and saw. I wanted to see it because it reunited the Imbruge team, and uh, I was excited to see what they do next. But my thought was, okay, it's a plot about a guy who doesn't want to be friends with somebody anymore. How how is that a movie? How is that how is that a story? And uh, where they go with it is awesome. I just love the idea of, um, you know, it, the 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 kind of like shallow and maybe a little bit dumb guy who's happy or the deep guy, the intelligent guy, but who's like tortured and in pain, which one of those people would you rather be? Who's, who's in a better position in life? Um, And I, that's, you know, after I watched this movie, that's something I thought about for a long time. It really made me, you know, I had to mull that over. So um, I enjoyed that about it. I think it's a great movie. It's my number two pick for best picture. And um, if this swept every category it's in, um, I'd be happy. Uh, this is my number six of the year. Uh, this would have been my, uh, this would be something I would have picked. Uh, I'm glad I rewatched it because the first time I watched it, I didn't love it. I think I was just in a, I was in a mood when I saw this and, uh, I'm glad I rewatched it with Maggie because, um, I think it's pretty perfect. Um, I really love in Bruges, um, and I don't really like seven psychopaths or three billboards. So I think maybe the McDonough uh, fan in me is the one with Colin Farrell and, uh, and Gleason. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I just really liked it. Um, the reason I made a face when Payson was talking about, uh, like, oh, you could see how Podrick I, – I am Podrick if you haven't figured it out. Like, I don't talk about anything important ever. Uh, I am a boring fucking person. Uh when I tell people me and my wife sit around and watch movies 24 seven and don't do anything else, they think that we are the most fucking people on the planet. Uh, I am Podrick to my entire family and friend group outside of multiplex. So uh, I identified with that quite a bit. Um, And yeah, I just thought that when it does take the turns that it takes, it's really interesting. Um, I didn't see it going that way, and I thought it was great. Uh, S-tier dog and donkey in the movie as well. Uh, the the shot when Carrie Condon comes back into the room, into the house, and is like, Podrick, I told you, the donkey not in the house. And it like, turns, and he's sitting there, and the donkey's like sitting next to him in the house. He's like, 
she's lonely <laughs> like it's so so great um i really i didn't get to see this one in the theater which really bums me out um it just didn't play anywhere near me so i watched it on hbo and then the second time i watched it on blu-ray so um but excellent excellent movie um colin farrell would be my pick for best actor of the year um even though i even though there are uh the other two performances that are kind of the ones that are like everybody's saying is going to be one of those winning, I think are good performances. I I like Colin Farrell the best. Um, but yeah, I like the movie. I love the movie. Love the movie. Uh, yeah. Um, I've been me for years. I've been meaning to watch in Bruges and honestly, like since I've seen Banshees this year and I've been meaning to do that even more and still haven't gotten to it because I, because I, I will second notion, this is my favorite McDonough movie, I think, by by quite a bit. I I think with, with this movie he does a he does a really good job of just he does a really good job of like just bringing in this like of really interesting characters and just all giving them all this really cool arc and I think more more than anything, like he he does a great job of just portraying loneliness on screen and really being more more on point. He does a great job, I think, just portraying male loneliness and just kind of what that actually looks like and kind of seeing how people some people are lost in in uh brendan gleason's case of how he sees how he's kind of wasted his life with a guy he's really liked for most of his life but he just kind of just is not there anymore and i i was i was surprised by how much i like this movie given kind of how tepid i've been with mcdonough throughout his career I was fully prepared to take this next. Like, I didn't expect it to make it this long way around. So I was like, I might as well if it made it. But now I have permission to go full Zach um, since I'll have to take Banshee's next. Um, I love it. Uh, it has everything um, to make a great uh, movie for me. It has um, two of my favorite actors, one of my favorite upcoming actors, Barry Keegan. Um, has donkeys in it. Donkeys fucking rule. Um, my favorite... My favorite subgenre, poor Irish stuff. That's like mostly what I love. Um, watch Dairy, watch Dairy Girls on Netflix. Everybody, it's great. Um, and, and it works for me. And I'm a huge Ed Bruce fan. I think the Madonna humor works for me, and his sense of sadness really works for me. So, I enjoyed it as well. Uh, the only reason it doesn't rate higher for me is because it is like kind of a bummer in the end, at least for for me. Um, but yeah, I think he writes about big ideas in like a very deceptively simple way that I appreciate just like the idea of like, Oh, well, you don't like me today, but you liked me yesterday. But did you actually like me yesterday? Like there's a whole lot to that, but like the characters are just speaking in very like blunt, straightforward language. So I think that's one of McDonough's gifts as a writer. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a very strong movie. Was Brooklyn Irish, the not Brooklyn Vale, the film with, Yes. Yes. I also like four Irish movies then. Yeah. Sing Street. D- Damn Street. There you go, Pacey. Or right, one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. The commitments. Uh, another Irish music one. All right. Um hey. It's me, white noise, baby. White noise, what? fucking rules. Uh, me and Scott, the only people that love this movie on the planet. Yeah, really. 
Uh, this was like, this was capital C cinema for me. I got to see this in theaters and it was wonderful. It's fucking weird, fucking crazy. It's Noah Baumbach going, you think outside of a comfort zone, but I think it fits so perfectly in his filmography. I think thematically it definitely hits all his sweet points um, of like intellectualism and of um, our neuroses um, in a lot of ways that, that he is able to do perfectly. And I mean, from what I understand, and I read the book, he kind of like goes word for word in a lot of ways. And you couldn't tell because it just seems like Noah Baumbach writing, um, seems like Noah Baumbach jokes in, in that dry, witty way that I love. Um, it's extremely funny. Um, it's, it's, don't give me a look. Adam Driver understands the tone of the movie. Um, perfectly well. Greta Gerwig is one of my favorite actresses, and especially when we watch her performance hit me a lot more, especially when everyone thinks the ending goes off rails, which I like disagree with. I think that's when a lot of the, the themes come to the point they're trying to make. And, and um, It's kind of a cynical movie. Um, I think my top two movies of the year, I usually love optimistic earnest movies like Marcel the Show, but I think both of my top two are pretty cynical. This is kind of like, um, let's not fucking worry about things and you know go to the shopping mall <laughs> go to the supermarket uh, it's how we hide our our fears and our idea of death with everything else around us uh, or we hide it with intellectualism too we, if we can understand things better if we can intellectualize it it makes it less scary but what really matters is the end the final scene it rules lc sound system uh one of my favorite bands um and i that song came on i did not remember that they did the song for the movie it took like 10 seconds for it thought this is a new LC sound system song that I have now listened to and um, it works and you get to watch Andre 3000 um, you know dance with cookies you wonder the whole movie might get casted and he got casted for that five seconds of dancing in the end um, perfect for outcast fans um, and this this is my honorary Kirk it was filmed in Pittsburgh pick which is uh, it was literally filmed like a half mile from my house um, Lisa Sound Studios um, at Severance in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. Um, it's right, right next to the grocery store. And I kept hoping I would run in uh, um, Gerwig and bomb back at the grocery store and finally get to give them Theo to raise, um, but don't work. So. Oh boy. Uh, so I, what everybody's thinking, like Cody had to love this movie. Um, this had to be like the most Cody movie of the year. Um, wrong. I actually looked at Kirk yesterday, and so he was like, I heard somebody refer to it as like one of the funniest movies of the year. And I think yes. my exact quote, Kirk, was, This was a comedy? Um, because I don't didn't find it funny at all. Like, like I don't remember chuckling. I remember watching and be like, okay, another stupid, another movie that does the stupid thing of here's one, here's chapter two, here's stop it. I hate this. Like, I don't need you to tell me what part of the movie we're at. Like, it drives me crazy. Um, I yeah, not a Cody, not a Cody movie. I don't. I the thing is. Adam Driver keeps doing this thing that I'm like, man, you're so good. I'm enjoying you and all these. And then he's like, I was like, ooh, I like that movie. And then he does something else. I'm like, God, I hate you. And then he does something else and does another movie I hate. So I wouldn't say I hate. I enjoyed it like as much as I was allowed to as a Cody. Um, which is like Francis Ha for me. It's just 
fine two stars. I don't care at all. <laughs> like, I will never rewatch it. Why did it have to be so long, too? This movie was insanely, like, long for a no Because it back. came out 2022? It's based on one of the densest novels, like, ever written. I, well, <laughs> then they do oh, a very good job. Kirk, have you seen the top list of movies on Letterboxd from this year? They're not all so long. I know. I'm sorry. Right. Also, long movies not invented in 2022. That famous 2022 movie, Gone with the Wind. Kirk! <laughs> Tell me why I'm wrong. Um, I mean, I understand if, if, if someone didn't like this. I mean, it, it is it is a pretty out there movie. If it's not your thing, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, the thing I loved about this movie, you know, Zach um, mentioned about like how it deals with intellectualism. Um, this movie kicks over a lot of sacred cows, and I think it kicks out over a lot of like uh, modern sacred cows, one of which I think is intellectualism, where there's the idea now that it's like that's what's going to save us, that's going to protect us. This movie's like, eh, probably not. Um, but uh, I just, I, I do feel, I don't necessarily think the second half is bad, but I do think the, the incident is the most um, interesting part of the movie, the funniest part of the movie. Um, so once that over, that's over, it does lose a little steam for me, but it's not like, it doesn't get bad or completely fall off the rails. It just kind of becomes a different story, and I'm more interested in the first part of it. Um, but yeah, uh, Gerwig, I thought, is okay in this. Driver's fantastic. Driver's fantastic. I love the, the dueling um, Hitler-Elvis lecture. Is yeah. one of my favorite scenes of the year. That's fantastic. So yeah, I think it's a pretty solid movie. Um, big big Bombach fan. Haven't seen it yet though, but I will. I think I'm going to rectify that tomorrow now because of you guys. So I love this movie. Also, also in my top ten, I am in the bag for anything Bombach at this point. Um, yeah, I was afraid that I was not going to like it just because of some of the reactions that I was seeing ahead of time. I hadn't read the book, so I was like, am I going to be at a disadvantage? And like Zach said, it just feels like a, another Bombback movie in a lot of ways. And so um, I was pretty much in from the, the word go. I do think it is one of the funniest movies of the year. I think uh, Bombback is one of the funniest writers out there. Just the like rat-a-tat screwball dialogue that is coming on. Come on, Cody. You have to realize, for example, the scene where they're like, floating down the river in the car and everyone is just arguing about complete nonsense in the back of the car. And he's like, do you not understand what's going on right now? Like that is funny. It's funny. Um, That's funny. Okay. You know, it's all that punchline didn't work very well, but I get you. I'll, I'll maybe I'll review. There, there are many Rewatch. other very funny, like absurd moments. Again, the, the dialogue between the family and the way that they're trying to like ignore the reality of what's going on around them. Um, I laughed a lot watching this movie. And yeah, I, I will say I slightly disagree with Zach in the sense that I do think there is an optimistic element to the ending, at least that they find something in this family unit that is going to help them, you know, get through the stuff that they're all anxious about the, the whole movie. And I understand, yeah, that some of that is like, yes, they're selling themselves to consumerism in the supermarket and all that. And that's part of it. But I do think... There is a slightly hopeful note, like the nun says to them at the end, the line uh, of, I forget exactly what it is she she says, but it's like, if you're going to believe in something, believe in each other. I think that's what she says. And so um, I think there's um, there's something there. And, um, yeah, the, the ending uh, music video is just pure, like, joy watching that play out. So, um, yeah, I love this movie. I understand it's not for everyone, but um, as a bomb back shill, I loved it. 
Yeah, I enjoyed this movie. Okay, what I should say, I liked this movie. After I saw it, I went on Letterboxd and I saw Zach and Scott rated it super highly. And literally after I did that, I messaged them. I was like, okay, I feel like I'm missing something. And credit to both of you two. You guys explained and helped me understand, like, some of the themes and, like, what the movie was going for um, a little better. And it helped me come to a better understanding for the movie. Um, so I just want to say thank you to both of you. Um, yeah, I, I think Adam Driver and Don Cheadle are fantastic in this movie. Like, uh, um, Kirk said that dueling Hitler and Elvis monologue is incredible. Um, it, I, I still stand by, I think it loses a little bit of steam in the second half. And I think like just what happens, like what it all culminates in, I think is a little, still um underwhelming but it's all saved by the credit scene is a top five scene of the year um i don't want to take my score anymore or else i would grab a box and start doing the cookie dance but like it's it's so so good do it the thing she's saying is hurting him every time mark have you seen this we can move on perfect thank you uh zach now open round three yeah um Going with completely different vibes now, something extremely warm, calm, meditative. I'm going with After Gang, fulfilling the Colin Farrell trifecta for us tonight. He's done before the end of round three. Um, 13 Live or whatever the oh, Ron shit. Howard movie. That's my next pick. Don't worry. <laughs> um, anyways, he, one of the best years an actor I think has had in a long time. It's, it's incredible because there's three completely varied performances. You know, Batman, he's going over the top. He's in makeup, do a lot of crazy shit. Banshees is kind of something you've seen him before, that kind of sad, mopey, funny guy. And this is, I think this is a little bit in common with some of his Yorgos Lanthimos, um, kind of more deadpan-y, but just extremely warm and calm. Um, just, as, just a comfortable performance, like the, the clothes he's wearing also just seems super comfy. I'm ready to hop in on now. Um, but a, a you know, Coconut directed Columbus is him kind of delving into sci-fi in a way, but but it's it's using sci-fi to make a point about you know family and identity and purpose of existence, all those big ideas that that I think he hits perfectly in a all nuanced way, thoughtful way. And my second favorite scene, of the, my favorite scene of the year is the end of. Um, white noise. But my second favorite scene of the year is the the, the drinking tea with Yang scene and after Yang, um, because it, it, it at once is it is super thoughtful, super um, not a lot of depth in the conversation that's being had a, about why he loves tea. And you also get him doing a word of Herzog impression in the middle and just fucking rules. And he should have got best Oscar nominee for this movie because of the word Herzog shit. And it, it's great. Um, I also say some, this is like some of the best editing I've seen in a long while. I think this uses editing as a weapon to make its points as it like sometimes will like cut back and make you kind of rewatch a line or a scene and also how it uses editing to to, to trace back Yang's memories and kind of a montage of his memories, uh, which really functions as a poem in a lot of ways. Um, just an extremely lovely movie, and I'm excited for what Coconut does um, next. Kirk, I realize I'm opening every time. Would you like to open on this one? Because I know you were higher high on this one. Yes, but I, was, I wasn't super high on it. I, I enjoyed it. I appreciate it. I thought there's a lot of good stuff, but I think it was a great looking movie. Um, 
I love movies that like movies like her that are set in the future and are futuristic, but are like life is still kind of the same. Like life looks 80% of the way it does now, but there's just like a few things that look a little different that make it the future. Um, and I re- so I really enjoy like the setting and the, and the, and the look of this movie, the feel of it and the tone, uh, that opening scene, um, the uh, dance off is great. Um, it just, I think really is a really cool way to establish that family unit. Um, but I, I just, I want to rewatch it because I think I, I just didn't catch everything that's there and everything it's trying to say. Um, cause it's a quieter, slower movie. Um, it's not very in your face about what it's doing. So I want to give it a rewatch, um, overall positive on it, but I'm, I'm not as positive as a lot of, a lot of people. Um, I'm not one to like point out like the editing and stuff like that. Like that stuff falls. I but I like the way they used it and the, when they make it a focal point of the movie. Like when you have to basically pay attention to it is when I like notice it more. And sometimes that can be good or bad. I think this one is uh, positive. I like that we're just kind of thrust into this family dynamic at the start of the film. Like you know like goes through a tragedy pretty hard and how it affects everybody and then like the understanding of what like yang went through i love that tea scene i was going to bring up that tea scene i think that was like where the like one of the biggest heart of the movie is um i thought it was one of my favorite scenes um and i liked i liked the i liked the world that that was in like i wanted to kind of stay longer in that world and kind of explore the family dynamics a little bit more so maybe not like a straight drop in like maybe but i think that's the point of the movie like it hooked me i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna get more like a rewatch it's a quick watch i really enjoy it and the difference between because i don't love columbus um and i'm not saying that like but like this one, I just gravitated more to. So um, I really enjoy it. I'm glad you put it on your list. So it made me watch it. So I probably would have, this would have been on your scene for me this year if I didn't see it. Who all has seen After Yang on the call? Okay, perfect. Okay, Mark, sit there and be quiet. Everybody else, go ahead. Um, I really liked it. It's my number 40 for the year. So it's not like crazy high, but it's not like, bottom of the barrel again i have like 190 movies on the list so um i really i agree with kirk and i i didn't know a way to vocalize that until kirk said it movies that are futuristic where like 80 percent of it is like still today but there's some futuristic stuff i like that um i haven't seen columbus i really want to especially after scott talked about it on uh the round table um because I really like John Cho as an actor. And after seeing this, I think I would like Columbus. Um, and yeah, I think the performances here were good. I liked the way the movie looked. Um, there was nothing about it that made me like, oh my God, this is one of my favorite movies of the year. But this was one where I was like, if it was in the hands of a lesser director, could be like a three-star movie. But it's just paced and edited and shot and directed so well it kind of brings it up to that four star level for me um and i think i it'll only grow upon rewatch so um it's it's been a while i think i watched it back in september so it's been it's been a minute yet so i i will give it a rewatch eventually but um maybe after i see columbus but it's really good i really like it yeah, it's a beautiful movie. Um, Koganata, like even just two films in, you like kind of know when you're watching one of his movies. I think he just has a, a very signature style that he's already 
perfected um, for the most part. I mean, Columbus, one of my favorite movies of all time. So, um, yeah, the, the, the movie's beautiful. Like I said, I really like that central idea of like learning more about yourself after seeing yourself through someone else's eyes. It uh, reminds me of Yi Yi, one of, another one of my all-time favorite movies. It's kind of a, a central element in that movie. But um, yeah, um, it, it's a great movie. I also really love the uh, the scene where they're walking through like the garden, and um, there's like the metaphor about the branches that Yang um, tells the, the little girl. Um, I think that that is also um, a beautiful, you know, a beautiful symbolism. Like the movie does have some things to say too about like the sort of um, experience of the little girl as in as you know an Asian person who has been adopted by this non-Asian couple and also Yang being Asian um, and and that scene gets at some of that so there's a lot going on and it's a yeah but it's in a very brisk warm inviting like package yeah I loved this movie I think what it has to say about human life and like what makes people human in a way um i think is really really beautiful uh it was talked about earlier uh the, the from the moment of like that opening dance credit scene i knew i was in for something i was like oh this is fun um yeah colin farrell is great Haley lou richardson is fantastic in this movie and we need to give that woman more credit like i started watching white lotus this year and i think she's excellent in season two uh yeah i think this is an excellent movie she was really good in five feet apart i wasn't gonna say it but (laughs) i'm glad somebody understood what i was going for no no i got it i got it tim i got it i Um, I mean i didn't mean to be i'm sorry i'm i've had a couple he's not here it's fine (laughs) um he'll get something about it okay um all right payson next one yeah, uh, Tim alluded to it earlier. Um, I'm kind of with him where any movie that has a great relationship between like a parent and a child is something I gravitate to. Uh, Zach just picked After Yang. I am taking After Sun. Um, this movie is a heartbreaker, but in the best way possible. Um, the way um, this is a movie about a daughter who's having a vacation with uh, her dad on, I believe it's his 31st birthday. And the dad is dealing with a lot of personal stuff, um, just in terms of depression and other things. And he just is trying as hard as he can to keep it as absent and as far away from his daughter as possible, because he just wants to be a good parent for her when he is there and that is the reason why i think this movie is heartbreaking uh both of the lead performances from paul mescal as the dad and uh frankie corio as the daughter i think is excellent um the we've been talking about scenes of the year and my scene of the year is the this is how i fight montage from everything ever all at once my second favorite scene of the year um is the um I'll, I'll just call it the, the under pressure scene um, in this film when it's the last night of their vacation and they're trying to bond one last time. And the thing I love about this movie, about that scene, is there's an element of this movie that I was a little confused throughout the movie uh, that kept on popping up. And that scene, like, put more context into it and made me fall in love with that. Um, it's a very quiet movie. Like, it's not like a, like, 
it, it, it is like a little light on the plot aspect, but I think from like a character point of view, I think this movie is heartbreaking, but I think it is beautiful and it's one of my favorites of the year. Um, this movie is extremely hard for me to like say where I'm going. Like I'm stuck between four and four and a half, um, overall, um, because I, when I first watched it, I went back and kind of like picked out scenes that like to give myself a little bit what I was working today. Because like the, the what it's telling us, like the the story is telling us how like tragic the story really is, but like how like like I it's a an emotional movie. It's a very emotional movie, but like can be very I think can be if you're not like a, like. If you don't pay attention to it or stuff can go really fast and you, like, kind of miss it. Like, I like kind of, like, the director's, like, 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 it's almost, like, use of, like, horror, like, tropes in the movie a little bit to, like, symbolize, like, things about the dad's life. Like, like, moments, like, those, like, scene where a bus comes in and, like, where they shut of, like, swimming and you just see, like, the, the water and it's, like, you don't know where you're going with this and, like, how like of a daughter at that point like revisiting those moments and realizes like now like how affected his her dad was at the time but couldn't do the things that were supposed to like couldn't speak up and couldn't take care of it and couldn't comfort at those points because she was too young i think it's just powerful as all get i was blown away by it um i i, I think it's a movie that i would like need more time and maybe a whole another rewatch on it before I like I give it a rating on it because yeah. there's just stuff but of a movie that I thought I was not going to care for at all how it started I was fully hooked in again you're going to get me with a dad and daughter kind of story anyways like that's where it is but like when it's this hard and this like sad it's just it. the more I sat on it the more it keeps going up for me so Great choice. Absolutely great choice. I just, I can't speak highly, and I understand this movie can't be, I would understand like general public or what, I don't know if this movie is for everybody. I will say that. I mean, I think you can, but like there are some elements I think you could, I think I could see somebody be like, this is kind of boring, or I don't get it, but like, the more you like pay attention to it, I think it's good. So, great choice. Kirk? Um, I know we tend to agree or disagree with Scott a lot on the idea of plot and the importance of plot to a movie. Um, but I will say this is a movie that is completely plotless. There is no plot at all. Um, but it, I, I was just captivated by it the whole time. Nonetheless, I got to go see this this week. I actually saw it with my daughter and um, I just love the fact that it's like, it feels like you're walking around in somebody's memories. Like it's 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 done it's it's so it's it's done in such a way where you really feel like you're you're seeing it both ways and I think that's why it's so one of the reasons it's so hard to process because you're seeing it from her perspective as the child and you know and the things she doesn't understand but you're, at the same time you're also processing it from her as an adult 
and her finally coming to terms with what was, what was really going on there. Um, so I, I think that's great. I think it just, I love the fact, like I walked away with feelings about it. I looked up stuff that, you know, uh, you know, different people thought about it. Uh, Melissa Woody wrote a really great uh, letterbox review on this. If you haven't read that, I, you can go read that. She wrote a really good job, did a really good job with that. It had some interesting takes, but I think it's, it is a really subjective movie. Um, so I think that's kind of the point to it. Everybody's going to walk away uh, feeling different about it. And, you know, with different ideas of, you know what things represent, how it applies to their lives, how it applies to your, you know, you know your own life. Um, but yeah, I just think it's a great story. And I will say the the I, I don't know the name of the actress, but the, the, the little girl that plays the daughter is Frankie so Ford, good at yeah. this. Um, so, I mean, just the the movie. It's her role is so important that the movie could absolutely collapse under the weight of her performance if it wasn't good. And she is so natural and so real in these situations. Um, that 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 was one of the things that really hooked me to it. Um, what's his name? The guy who plays the dad is really good too. But she was, I think, she was the absolute star of this movie. I will say the last time, like them together, like the last conflict around the karaoke thing is mm-hmm. like one of like from that perspective is like really hard to like cast. Like uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, whoever else. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I'll watch it before the Oscars. Yeah. Um. I agree with a lot of what's been said thus far. Um, I think some of what you're expressing about, oh, it may not be for everyone. or If you go into this movie expecting that there's going to be the big scene that answers and unlocks everything, that's not really what this movie is. The point is that there is not not a complete answer and that there is not a... uh, You know, she doesn't, still doesn't fully understand exactly why her father was the way that... He was at the time. Um, and yes, what Kirk said uh, is one of the most impressive things to me, the the way that the story is stitched together um, from like you have the video fo- home video footage, you have like her actual memories, and then you have what are seemingly these like imagined scenes where she wasn't even present as a child. It's, it's scenes with just the dad. So it's not stuff that she would have even known what was going on. So it, it legitimately feels like you're watching her remembering like in real time. Um, which is like just a very impressive storytelling device. Um, yeah, I love the restraint. Paul Mescal is brilliant in the way that he's leaving, you know, enough below the surface with his performance uh, because that is that is what his character is doing too. Like it's not just what the director is asking, it's what his character is doing too. He is not expressing everything because he is trying to be, he's trying to put on a face for his daughter. Um, and it's just one of those like slow tidal wave movies, <laughs> no pun intended, considering some of the stuff that happens in the movie. But, um, when you get to the end and it's like, it just, it, you realize how much it has snuck up on you when you get to like that very last moment and that devastating sort of final shot. Um, and then it kind of just all hits you at once. And, um, yeah, I had to think about this movie for a lot afterwards. I'm still thinking about it a lot, but I kind of think it's a masterpiece. I kind of think it's amazing that, this is Charlotte Wells's first feature, and uh, you know, it, I'm glad Paul Mescal got the nomination. I think it deserved even more love than that, though. Um, you know, I, I actually saw this yesterday, and I really, really liked the the second half of this movie, and I was, admittedly, I was pretty bored for the first half. Like, I, it just, it really just, it didn't hook me really to that second half. I just really wished 
I, I, I'd gotten more of those kind of emotional moments to like kind of hook onto. And I think you can kind of go with it. Like, that's probably the point of it. And like, I get it. Like, we're just kind of supposed to kind of watch this moment in time, but you know, it, it is still like an average vacation. Like she had for dad. And like, and I, I understand that, but it's, and it's, it's weird. Cause I, I feel like there's a lot of just really great moments in that second half. I mean, we talked about that dance scene at the end and the karaoke scene is probably the hardest scene I, I've had to, had to watch probably of all of 20, uh, at least films of 2022 performance is really good. I, there's a good chance like this movie ages really well. Cause I'm, I'm, a, I am a sucker for like a good, like dad story. Like I, I, I love those type of movies, but I like just at least the first time around the, for the whole product, I was slightly underwhelmed, but I, I, I still really appreciated what the movie was going for. Mark, I'm just curious. Um, what are you considering, like this, the, like the start of the second half? Like, where did it pick up for you? I can't quite. It's like the scene before the karaoke scene. Okay. Like, there's a little bit before then, like where it kind of kicks in. From. Um, the theatrical release for this movie has been miserable. It has not reached over a hundred theaters, and I blame Scott for not seeing Ant Man um, for that. Um, so I, oh, I, I didn't see. It. I haven't seen it yet because that. Not at all what I was saying, but that's. Fucking wild us, people. You give each other shit. Interpreting what I was saying, but yeah. Wild us. You give each other shit. Take shit. Okay, fun. Zach is literally turning into the villain of Wild Us. I heard Jenny. This is going to be a fucking blast. Um. Tim, uh, I still think someone else is going to pick the one that I was talking about earlier that I have higher than Marcel, but so I'm going to hold out on that. And if it's still around by the fifth time, I'll, I'll take it there. Uh, so I'm going to go with my number seven of the year, um, which is below Banshees and Marcel. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, recency bias, but all quiet on the Western front. Um I just saw this on Sunday. Um, I didn't watch it on Netflix right away, just purely based on being busy. Um, and then once it started like picking up a lot of steam and we talked about it on logged it, I want to say um, uh, Aaron might've talked about it. I don't remember who somebody talked about it and um it got me interested in the movie. I've never seen the original. I've never read the book or anything, but it was playing at the theater near me this weekend. And I thought it was a good opportunity to go and check it out in a, in a theater. And I really loved it. I'm a sucker for war movies. Um, any, anything world war one, world war two, especially I'm really interested in. Um, one of my favorite documentaries of the last few years is, uh, um, uh, they shall not pass. I think is what it was called. They the, shall not grow old. They shall not grow old. Um, the Peter Jackson documentary about World War One and the British soldiers and stuff. So that that time frame and that war is really interesting to me. And again, I hadn't seen the original, so I didn't know what this was going to kind of be like. Weirdly enough, I went to see it with Maggie. She had seen the original and she's read the book, uh, so she knew way more about it going into it. And um, we both, I, I left pretty stunned. I thought um, it was very visceral, 
really, really, uh, I struggle to say action scenes, even though they are like action scenes, but I saw like Jake Marangoni, like putting his review, like the action scenes were, I'm like, it's weird to call them action scenes. Um, but like, they were just so visceral and intense and real. Um, I thought the emotion of it all worked really, really well. Um, I thought it was a beautiful movie to look at. Um, and the performances across the board, I thought were really good. Maggie kind of filled me in afterwards about the story of the book and everything and how the certain things that they changed up for this movie from the old movie and the book. And I thought that was really interesting. Some of the stuff I don't basically, again, like I don't want to spoil anything too big if people haven't seen any versions or whatever, but um, this movie kind of takes place during the end of the war. And I guess the book doesn't. It's like a little bit right before that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I thought this was like really, really powerful stuff. Um, the ending really got to me. Um, and I just, I am fascinated by that time in history. Um, so I was, I knew I was going to like this. I didn't expect to love it as much as I did. Um Netflix is not cowards. They are releasing a 4K Blu-ray of this. It comes out in April. Uh, so thank you, Netflix, for realizing. Now release other things that you've put out other than TV shows, like movies and stuff. Uh, no, very, very great movie. Um, again, I haven't seen the original. I that a lot of people prefer the original. Um, so I will check that out now because I like this so much. Uh, but this getting all of the technical achievements is absolutely deserved. This is one of the most technically uh, brilliant movies I've seen in a really long time. I haven't seen either. Uh, I've seen both. I've seen the, the first one I haven't seen since the original I haven't seen since high school, though. So there is one major change this movie makes, and it was like the only thing I remember from seeing the original. Um, so it was a big surprise for me. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I feel like some of it is stuff I've seen before at this point, like with Save Private Ryan, uh, 1917, and not even done better, just done before. And, um, I think that, so. It, it, I don't think it's necessarily knock about against the movie because it does do some stuff. We t again, we talked about this a lot of the last week. I love the scenes with the tanks and yeah. just the, the, the just how the the the, the reaction of the soldiers. Because like we think now, like oh yeah, it's a tank coming at us. But like in eighteen eighteen, when a tank was probably invented like last month, if you've never seen it and you see a tank coming at you, or nineteen eighteen, yeah, when you see a, a tank coming at you and you've you have no idea what it is, how horrifying that would be. I think that's one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. Um, so it captures a lot of things like that. It's just a great, um, the, the relationships between the different characters and, you know, the bonds they build. And it just, just the idea that um, I've never seen a movie before. Well, I've seen the, maybe they do this in the original, I just don't remember, but I, I could never remember seeing a movie before where the soldiers are celebrating the idea of losing the war. Like they are so desperate to be out of the war that they're excited to lose, knowing what's going to happen to their country when they when it when when it happen when when they lose. Uh, that's that's how terrible this war is. Um, so it's very different from a lot of war movies that you see, and you know the patriotism and things like that. So it kind of turns a lot of that on its head. Um, so again, I want this is probably another one I wanted to revisit just because I it's it's it is a very visceral experience, and some of it was hit or miss for me. Um, but I think, in, especially in round three, it's a good pick. To clarify, I never, uh, 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I haven't seen it yet, but I am going to watch it before the Oscars. No, I, I think this is a great movie. I think it's filmed wonderfully. Um, I think the scenes in the trenches are brutal. Um, I will give Netflix. They uh, release some of their movies on uh, home media, but uh, I will take them to task a little. Uh, give your movies proper theatrical re- releases, please. Oh, God, yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, yeah, these Netflix movies keep passing me by. Like I haven't seen it. I've been meaning to watch for months, so I'll get around with it. I probably would have waited until like the day before the Oscars if it hadn't been playing at the theater. Let's be real. The only Netflix movie you need, The Irishman. Okay. Um, Not in the theater. Not in the theater. Um, Mar, uh, Zach, did you talk about about it? Yeah. He hasn't seen seen it. it? I haven't haven't seen it. Okay. Um, Mark. You Uh, can disappoint me three times in a row. Oh. Yeah, yeah well, we'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, this is one of my favorite movies of the year, and it's still around. I, I have to take this one, and I thought it would be gone already. Like, oh, shit, better's almost dead. Oh, no. uh, so I'm going to take Decision to Leave. So, okay. I'm going to take Decision to Leave. It's, uh, I, I will I will take the, what I probably thought, even though I talked to Batman quite a bit, I'll take this probably the best mystery movie of the year. Um, I I was really glad. It's about it. I I was really glad I went into this movie like not knowing anything. I just kind of I just happened to be in a town that was showing it, and you know it was just like, well, this looks kind of interesting. I went to see it, and I was. I, I was absolutely for it. Like I'm, I'm a sucker for a good mystery. But I think what's really pissed me, especially this last year, where a lot of mystery movies, like except for one movie that I think is probably be brought up later, is that like it's it's impo- Like for some reason, all like a bunch of mystery movies lately have had trouble keeping the mystery interesting for the entire length of the movie. Like they just can't do it. The third act is always shit. I'm looking to you, uh, the the other Agatha Christie movie. I, I can't remember the name. Like a stupid that one. Like which Death on the Nile, right? Yeah, just completely awful in the third act. This one, I feel like, I, I, which it honestly takes a little pressure off itself by being a love story for most of that first half, and like how it kind of shapes him looking at somebody who should be like a huge suspect, and. And like he and like a Park Chan movie, it just really plays with that element just really perfectly throughout, kind of going between two genres pretty seamlessly. And then like when we get to the actual kind of like figure out the like the clues and mystery, like it, it's just it, it it really is great. And it's also a movie that I think pretty much from the entire runtime, I had no idea where it was going. I I honestly don't want to say that much about it because I think you know. Please don't. People should just take the word for take take our words for it and just go and watch it because it's fucking great and it has an ending that really had me thinking for a couple of days. Like it, it's it's fantastic and the Academy should be ashamed for ashamed of themselves for not nominating this for international film. Uh, yeah, I watched this today. Me and Kirk were talking. Is like, are you gonna try to get one more, or two more in? Or I watched it last night, like leading into it after we got off call, and I was like, I'm gonna try to get a decision to leave in because I know it's on a few people's list. Um, I love this movie. Um, I did. 
I'm mixed on Handmaiden, so I was questionable on this one where it was going to be. The story is great. The story is perfect, like exactly how I wanted it. To, like, like this mystery, how it's told, is very, very smart, and they don't give things away, and they don't just make it a point. And the ending is very, very powerful, um, which I really enjoy. Um, especially the metaphor that they go through with this movie is like they can't I, I, I don't want to say it but like the two worlds can come co- together but it causes problems for everybody else and that's why the, the the whole thing is made so if you haven't seen it go definitely go check it out it's um, it's it's an easy watch I I was totally hooked in so and two, I mean, two movies above three and a half stars for me now for this director. So who knows? And if I ever see Old Boy, we'll see. So, yeah. uh, I haven't seen it. Um, I'm in queue to library. Hasn't come in yet. I haven't seen it either, but I really want to. Um, I, I know I'm not supposed to talk, but did Scott pick Handmaiden for? Um, I did. Yeah. Roundtable. Roundtable. Yeah. <laughs> When I was editing that, that movie sounds fucking interesting as hell. So I want to yeah. see. I want to see both of these. Lodging bus. Oh. Go ahead. Um. Movies. Go ahead, Payson. Okay. Yeah. Um. I movie is incredible. Uh. I um. I think it's a really really interesting uh mystery movie. Um. I've only seen two Park Chan Wook movies, this and Old Boy, but this makes me want to watch so much more of his filmography. Um. You can tell why this detective just becomes so obsessed and, in a way, head over heels over Tang Wei's character. I think Tang Wei, as the female suspect, is incredible in this movie. Um, she plays his character in such an interesting way. And we were talking earlier about how um, movies that use editing in a way that like feels like its own character, I think this is the best edited movie of the year. Like, this makes texting so interesting and so riveting and my my eyes were glued to the screen the entire runtime and and it's a long longer movie i i adored this movie it will be a feature movie i bring on roundtable to have a full discussion on because i think this movie uh, with everybody that i've seen it it would be fun to actually dive into it more uh a t- top 10 movie of the year for me. I love it. Um, and yes, the mystery part of it is great, but the romance is really what does it for me. Like, I think it, the, it is freaking swoon worthy, uh, the romance between these two characters. And yet, Tang Wei is definitely a heartthrob. And, uh, but also, you know, it is it is kind of a femme fatale type situation because you never really know what her motivations are. And that's um, a credit to her performance. Um, it's also kind of a funny, goofy movie sometimes in that Park Chan Wook way. Um, so it just it, it it feels different from you know what a lot of American movies are like. I wish that it could have gotten more love in awards time um, because I do think it's one of the best films from you know a, a really really um, acclaimed uh, international filmmaker. But um, yeah, I, I'm just happy with that everyone who has seen it around here seems to have really enjoyed it. Cause I think it's a, uh, it's a wonderful movie. Yeah. I, I really like it. Um, I would say it's, 
it's confusing in a way I find very enjoyable, but also in a way where I don't feel articulate and insightful enough to say something here um, without rewatching it. Um, I need to untangle it more. Okay. Um, Scott, I wonder what you're going to pick next. I mean, look. Top Gun Maverick, RRR, again, we know I love blockbusters. I always constantly am talking about these mainstream tentpole films. So I'm just going to be a broken record. I'm going to pick another one. I'm going to pick Nope. Um, nice. Man, this movie rocks. Um, I think it is my favorite Jordan Peele movie. I think this is the one where it all sort of comes together for me as far as his social commentary that he always puts in all of his films. But also the genre elements in this in um, this particular instance, it is the sci-fi like Spielbergian almost um, vibes that are going on in the the plot of this movie. Um, you know, I think the the climax, you know, the long sequence that takes place out in the gulch, and you know, when they're doing the run and trying to lure Jean Jacket, who's such an interesting um, creature design there. Um, and you have Michael Wincock cranking the old camera. And, um, you know, there's a lot of great stuff about movie making in here. Uh, but, you know, it still has that bite to it, like you expect from a Jordan Peele film. Um, it has, you know, it's saying a lot of things about um, exploitation and representation in, like, the film industry. And obviously you have the whole subplot with Steven Yeun's character um, kind of, like, you know, almost taking revenge against the audience, um, with this sort of spectacle that he tries to create after the, the trauma that he experienced as a child and that really horrifying sequence on the Gordy's home set. Um, I think it's a, it's a really interesting addition to the movie. And Stephen Yeun gives a great performance. Um, but yeah, it's thrilling. You know, again, when Daniel Kaluuya is riding that horse down the gulch and you have Michael Abel's score going with the Western motifs and, um, you know, the, the performances are great. Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer are both. I mean, it might be one of the best ensembles of the year. Again, everyone is really pulling their weight here. Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, um, like I said, Stephen Yeun, but even down to Michael Wincott and Brandon Perea. Um, it, it's a great cast across the board um, and just a, a great, smart blockbuster that can also be thrilling and you know, look great, well put together, technically impressive. I don't know why we're not making a bigger deal about this movie. Um, it seems like it's kind of gone by the wayside for some reason, but like it is possibly the best film from one of our most interesting blockbuster filmmakers. Because uh, maybe Peel needs to talk to Snyder and how to get people to go crazy for his films. Um, like just to get people like to go, you know, like they started crazy, but apparently they're not raising anything. This movie, I man, best thing I could say, I don't get it at all. I don't think it's, I don't even the thing when Get Out is mentioned, and like if this is this isn't even close in my eyes, like this isn't even close to Get Out at all. And I think Get Out was super hyped, uh, like overhyped even at points. I just I think he works in whatever genre, like what he's doing is fine. I thought it was like visually and like cool, but I wasn't in love with the story. I didn't fall in like, I kind of like, I actually hit pause at one point and I was like, oh fuck, we're still in this. Like this is, this is long for me. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. Uh, I really just wanted to put Yep as my review just to piss off Brian Michaels. 
like, but I couldn't even do that. Like, I couldn't even, <laughs> nope, yep. I was just like, no, meh, uh, no. So, no. And then when when Nazario tells me I'm wrong, I know that a little bit I'm kind of right. So, I'll take that to the bank. So, go ahead, Kirk. Um, yeah, I agree with Scott. I think this is Peel's best movie. Um, it took me, this is, I'm pretty sure this is the only movie I saw in the theater twice in 2022. And it took me the two viewings to really wrap my head around it. Um, I just think there is a lot going on here with the just, just crossing different genres with the, like all of the Western stuff, the sci-fi stuff, um, the creature design and the, just the creature, the idea of the creature and what it is, um, I think is cool. Um, there's some things that I, that I think it's set up that don't necessarily get paid off in the end, which I, I won't get into here, but it's kind of, it's probably a little nitpicky. Um, still, I, there's probably still stuff if I went back to, I, I'm sure I could mine more out of it because I don't, you know, get it all yet. But that's what's great about it is there's a lot, there's a lot of depth to it, a lot of, a lot of things going on. Um, I love the, the alien at the end, um, just how, how alien it is. And, you know, just the different ideas of what that could be um, is really cool. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, like the supporting cast is great. I love Michael Wilcott, Keith, Keith David, his, in his small role, um, the stuff with the, the, with, with the monkey and the TV show, the, just everything that represents. Um, I think it was, I, again, I don't love it as much as, you know, probably Scott does. A lot of people do, but I still think it's, it's definitely, um, you know, pills best movie. Um, to me, it's like us is like down here like kind of garbage honestly and then get out is like here it's like way better than us and then nope is like up here like i think nope is my number 11 of the year like the more i've watched it i actually when i re-watched it the second time i messaged scott and i was like because he had just re-watched it and been talked about how great of a blockbuster it was and everything i messaged it i was like this movie's fucking awesome like I'm glad someone else likes this movie as much as I do. Like I'm glad to see it in a, a high spot on your list. Um, I think it's excellent. Uh, I think it's got really good performances from Kiki Palmer and uh, Kaluuya. Um, and then what I, you said his name, but what's the name of uh, the the uh, the guy that works at the store? Angel. What's Brandon that? Curry, yeah. He's great. I really enjoy him in the movie. Um, the mystery of it all i love like as we unraveled the movie as it goes on i just think it's super interesting um the steven yun stuff i like i like the um the gordy stuff i think it's great uh, upon first viewing it was like what is the message we're trying to get across here and then re-watching it again it it really hit for me um it, it barely it was my number 10 of the year until i saw all quiet on the western front which kind of pushed it out just a little bit um but i i really really like this movie it's my favorite peel movie i want to see him do more stuff like this um this like big spectacle like um it, taking the roots of what he did with get out and us but putting it into a bigger um where he was like clearly inspired by like Spielberg and people like that, like making this big, like close encounters of the third kind esque movie. Um, I thought it was great. And it was a really great theater experience too. At the end of the day, I'm um, seeing it in a theater with a, with a packed theater when Maggie and I saw it was awesome. Um, 
yeah, I think this is his best movie. Like, I, it, it honestly, like, if I'm being straightforward, I agree with Cody. Get Out is has always been a little overhyped for me. Like, I like it, but it's don't always use my words. Don't use my words negatively. I'm saying that you said that you thought that movie was a little overhyped. I agree. I think that's a little overhyped. But where I disagree is I think that where I agree with Scott is that I think this movie deserved. If Get Out was getting all that attention at the Oscars in 20, was that 16 or 17? 17. 17, this I thought should have gotten a lot more attention. Um, I think it's great. I need a new best friend. Applications are out there. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. You all need to rewatch Get Out. This is a Get Out. Are I you did. sure? <laughs> exactly. I did in, I did in 2022. Okay, I don't know. Not even close. Like I don't even. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, you guys are inside. Um, I, 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 I enjoy this movie a lot. Um, I, I love that Peel is like the best right now at mixing really pure desire to entertain. Um, it is just purely entertaining, but also a lot of thematic depth to dig into and he throws a lot of puzzle pieces around that you can really um, dig into and theorize about and, and it just, well, a, lot of, a lot of layers without sacrificing you know this movie is fun for it could be fun for everyone so yeah, yeah. okay uh, wait am I, am I the last one mm-hmm. okay yeah uh, all right oh well I'll just say I, 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 you know, I think it's fine. I, I like, I, I saw this movie when it came out, didn't really know what to think. Like seven months have passed. I, I still don't really know. Like I, maybe I should rewatch it, but like, I mean, if I got to take, if I, but it's seven months have passed and I can't really decipher how I really feel about this movie. Like I, I that's not my fault. Then it's a note for you. Then you can move on. You don't have to go back to it. There you go. Yeah, uh, movies. And, uh, I love this movie. Uh, I think Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer, specifically Kiki Palmer, are excellent as the leads. Um, uh, everyone pretty much summed up my thoughts. Just one last thing. I think this movie has a really great love for like the technical aspect of movies, both with the characters in the movie and with what you're seeing displayed. And I think it's a great movie. Okay, Scott, open the next round. All right, uh, I'm not going to carry on the blockbuster bit. I could. Um, there is another one I could take. Thank but, God. Um, well, there's still another round after this, Kirk. Um, but, and remember, if you haven't seen it, you just have to say, I haven't seen it. So, I'm sorry, that's the rule. But um, anyway, uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to get a little bit of revenge on Zach uh, for taking Tar earlier. I'm going to take a movie yeah. that we both love. Also, uh, everyone's talking about there were too many long movies this year. Guys, this movie was only 72 minutes, and it was wonderful. I'm picking Petite Maman as my next pick. Um, yeah, this is this was my number one for a very long time in the year, and then it was just the second viewing of Tar that, that bumped it up. Um, but I think this is such a lovely and warm like childhood fantasy-type movie directed by the the brilliant Celine Siama um, about these two girls, you know, one who is um, sort of in the woods with her mom and dad after her grandmother has passed away and she wanders out into the forest and discovers 
another little girl who looks exactly like her. And it's not a spoiler, like it's it's in the title, basically. The other little girl happens to be the younger version of her mom. And we don't exactly know how this has happened, how she's, you know, gone back in time, essentially. It's not important that we know. Um, the only thing that matters is it's happening. And so um, now she, it's it's actually sort of has a lot of parallels with After Sun and the way that you have this child who is trying to um, understand her mother a little bit better and especially understand her in this time of grief that she is experiencing with her own mother having passed away. Um, and by having this experience with the younger version of her mother, she gets to, um, you know, learn more about her. I think it's, you know, there's a lot of emotional weight to the scenes, despite it being such a, you know, seemingly slight film. Um, sorry, I'm using my hands, but uh, in 72 minutes. No, I was but, making fun of whatever gong that was. Then. Oh, yeah. Um, but also there are just some like adorable scenes of the kids just like vibing out. They're like very cute kids. And so like they, you know, there's that appeal too. But then there, again, there are moments like when there's a scene where the sort of um, illusion of the time travel is sort of about to be lifted and the, the childhood version of her mother is about to interact with her present day father. And I was like, my breath was just like caught in my throat because I had no idea what was about to happen in that scene. Um, and yeah, it, it's just wonderful. Celine Siama directs it brilliantly. Her restraint is amazing. The way that she uses physical space and the fact that the mother and daughter are like trying to get close to each other in the early stages of the movie, but can't exactly. Um, like the, you know, the daughter's reaching through trying to like grab her mother pull her close to her in the car but it's you know she can't really and then at the end of the movie like the final shot of the movie is her coming into the house her mom has returned they sit down next to each other and they just kind of have this moment of mutual understanding um after the experience that you know the little girl has now had nelly has now had so um yeah completely charming but also you know moved me um, about as much as any film did last year. So uh, it's only 72 minutes. Watch Petite Maman. So I just realized I'm just going to piss, piss people off on this, and this is this is fine where it's at. Um, one, I'll talk about the pros first. 72 minutes. Hot damn. Can't get any better than that. 72 minutes, great run done. Loved it. Second, I felt like, disconnected from this movie for about like 30 minutes into it. And I was like, I paused it. I said, who directed this movie? Made perfect sense why go. I was disconnected Here the we entire go. time. And I literally just looked it up and I realized that I am still pissed off at Letterboxd for giving Portrait of a Lady on Fire the flames. So I just dropped another half star. Every time I see that it's a fire, I'm lowering it. That's the dumbest thing in this app by far. You know, um, everything everywhere I too. Oh, then I'm dropping that by a rating, too. That's absolutely stupid. Don't do that. There's one movie's not all. Um, three, this, I saw reviews were like, this is like a warm hug, or this is like comfort, blah, blah, blah. I didn't get warm hug. I got, so this, so everybody that said warm hug, fine. Glad you had the warm hug. This is a person that doesn't like to be touched, and that person comes up and touch and hugs you, and you're like, I don't want the hug. That's how COVID I felt this movie. Um, so I don't want to be hugged. COVID be damned. Um, I don't I don't want to be hugged at this point. I did not connect with this movie. I did not find the heart. And 
You tried to suck her. Like, it, it did a really good job. You got two, like, adorable eight-year-old kid girls on there. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm just not a fan. Um, yeah, I knew who directed this going in, so I was not excited <laughs> about not. it. I was excited about 72 minutes, um, but not much else. Um, I liked it better than uh, Portrait of a Lady because something almost happens in this one. Um, well, my rating, my rating and, also is uh, half a star higher now than uh, Portrait. Is there a 72 hour cut, 72 minute cut of Portrait of a Lady on fire? Oh, because that might be really good. But um, no, I, I just feel like because at first I was like it was interesting because it I, I didn't know if we were going to spoil, but yeah, it's it's about like time travel and the daughter meeting her mother when she's young, and at first like I'm like oh it's a cool way to handle it because like it you know that could be like a Freaky Friday type thing. It's like ah oh, you know and like becomes like a Disney Channel original movie, um and the fact there was a little more restraint, um using Scott's word, but then after a while you realize that's all there is restraint. Because, like, hey, you're my mom and you're my daughter and we time traveled. Oh. That's kind Sorry. of the whole movie. Like, no, nobody's, ex- like, there's, like, very little emotion or, like, can, like, they, like, you're, you're time traveling. Like, re- react to that somehow. You're meeting your mother as a child. Please react to that somehow. And he's like, oh, let's go hang out in the woods for a little bit. And, you know, so, um, is it as, as as dry and as pointless as Portrait of a Lady? No. Um, is there slightly more human emotion involved in this movie? Yes, but not a whole lot. Was it only 72 minutes? Yes, definite plus. Uh, just, I just want to make this really clear. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once gets a pass because the review is the eye. If you change the star rating into some other object that's not like every other film, then I have a problem with you. So just make that on the record. Wait, what? There's no other rating in Letterbox that has a different shape besides star, besides Portrait of a Lady on Fire because it's fire. Reviewed, if you click it's, reviewed, it's, it's been the almost three hours. Can we please? Can we please? Uh, you can leave. The show, the show's mine. I'm going to talk. Yeah, you're Thank about you. y'all are about to make me. I'm not going to lie. After well, the last welcome to YLS and your opinion. Do. Your opinion gets bashed. It's welcome to the uh, show. You host the show. Come on. Is that portrait a portrait of a really opinion, and then there's going above and beyond. But yeah. oh, we can bat. We didn't say Scott's stupid. We said the movie's stupid. I think that's fair. Did you make the movie? Do you have an investment in it? No, you don't. Everybody else talk about this treehouse movie in the forest. Portrait of a Lady on Fire is amazing. I haven't seen this yet. Um, I think Scott's stupid, but I love this movie. Uh, (laughs) And I honestly probably wasn't going to take it just because, and I think it got lower on my list because of dumb, you know, controversies over release date maybe heard it on my own personal list because a lot of people consider a movie last year but that's a dumb conversation it came out in u.s in like march um and but it's a lovely movie i'm easily endeared to movies about the kind of sadness or magic or the combo between the two of childhood that's like why i fucking love wendy that i joke about all the time um (laughs) bfg uh (laughs) But and I know there's a dryness to it, but I think that that plays into a little bit of like this is just like a natural part of a kid's you know world that their whole world is surreal. Everything is kind of magic in a way. Um, but it really understands in a lot of ways the 
purpose of play in kids, just watch them play in the woods and build a fort and, you know, throw rocks at a stump. Um, and that being, you know, your life at that point um, is something that just, you know, someone who's around kids all day, every day, something that resonates you know, with me a lot. Um, so. I think this movie is excellent. I really like Selene Shama. Uh, uh, everyone said every, anything else. And everything I want to say. So I'm just going to say, Cody, did you know that if you review Fight Club on Letterboxd, before you publish the review, a warning comes up that literally says, are you sure you want to talk about Fight Club? It's different. Different from move on. Okay. Dumber. I say dumber. Dumb, but not <laughs> Star rating. That's it. Thank you. Uh, Mark, have you seen this? No. Okay. It's 72 minutes. You can watch it real fast. Watch on two times speed. Um, You'll finish it by the end of the show. <laughs> You know, this is another movie. Like, it's still around. It was in, uh, pretty sure it was in my top five of the year. I, I gotta take it. I'm gonna take The Northman. Old, uh, old Robert Eggers joint. I, I, I gotta do it. Um, I got, gotta tell you, old, old Robert Eggers. Like he, he really put me through the ringer of the lighthouse, man. I thought he, he was dead. He was almost dead to me after the lighthouse. I did not like that movie at all. And then he comes back. He comes back with this Viking action movie, like with with here, and that's just fucking badass, like all the way through. Like just the like just some like just some of the most coolest like like guttural like instinct action scenes I ever heard. Like I mean, I. I you know what? If like I, I loved like every every moment of that where he's like with his dad and he's has to like kind of almost bond and like you know like go like super primal with his dad. And then we got that scene like right before like his buddies like take that village and they're doing like some like wolf haka thing like outside the village. That's just so fucking cool. And then like I should hate it like whenever we take things back a little bit, but it just goes full like Viking Hamlet when he goes and just tries to kill Pierce Brosnan and he realizes probably like it, like it Brosnan? What? Like, Pierce Brosnan is not in the movie? It's not Pierce Brosnan? It's Clyde Clyde's <laughs> <laughs> What is happening right now? <laughs> He's not the he's not the dad that kill he's not the guy that kills his mom. <laughs> I thought that was it the whole time. It's fine. We're not playing trivia. No, I love you. It may it's just it's funny. <laughs> There's a bunch of people barking. Let's move on. Let's, 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 go ahead. It's fine. He's done. I love you. I'll just move things along. I I just I mean I I, I love I love the look of this movie. I, I he really. He really came, like, Robert Ayers really came full circle with me. I love The Witch. He had Lighthouse. He really comes back around with this. I cannot wait to see what he does next. You want to talk about a director who's not for me. This is this guy right here. Um, and can we just say something? Can Anya Taylor-Joy really act? Like, is, no, I'm just kidding. This is just for Scott. I just oh. <laughs> Scott had the exit button faster. That was, oh, I wish I would have stuck with that. That's worse than me stupid right there, okay? You, got, you can call me stupid, but if you say that. Looks like, that would have been the best. So, <laughs> so I, I watched the, okay, you guys can help me with this pot. Uh, is, okay, action scenes, all that stuff, awesome. Don't get me wrong. 
naked. That's not the problem with this movie. When I first watched it the first time, I knew I should have turned it off right away, but I kept in. And then they get into this like cave and they're like barking, like full on like dog moment, like probably. And I was like, I'm out. I turned it off. I said, you know what? Take your movie, enjoy it. I thought watching Willem Dafoe, old pirate, like old sea shanty, like drunk in a lighthouse, wanted to kill myself. This was just one or two. I was like, no. He ain't for me. Everybody that enjoys it, I hope you have fun. Great. Then we decided to do this episode. So I was like, gotta be a completionist. Let's try to get this. And I should just cap it off. I don't like this movie at all. He is not my kind of director. I can't say he's a bad director because that's not true. He just makes completely opposite mo- like movies that are not for me. And that's just where we're at. I just didn't enjoy it. I like even in bad movies like an action scene. I'm like, oh, cool, but that doesn't like tie me back in. Like, oh, this is movie's incredible. I just couldn't get it at all. So respect, but death. Um, I personally completely disagree on this one. Um, I think this is great late round value for Mark. Uh, this will probably crack my top five for the year. Um, I think this is... Who are you in 2022? <laughs> what? What? Elephant shitting in this? Like, you're just... Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just love the... Like, you think that, you know I, a guy. I love the I love the, the the setting. I love that Viking world. I love like the like the quasi mysticism to it, um, like the, the the mythology behind it. I love I just I love the battle scenes. I just love the the the, the harsh hardcore violence to it, like the just the the nonchalance where they just like kill people. You know, just like just slaughtering innocent people. Around. Just just the way it captures that world so good. That final fight scene in the volcano fantastic um yeah i think this is definitely Agers might not be his best definitely his most accessible that's weird to say but um no i i really had a lot of i had a good time with this but i think i think it's a good pick and bar's wrong this is not viking hamlet hamlet is danish this story because this mark just literally did the like the italian like yeah like he's relating with you like he's in the family now get out of here If your Irish is bad, your Italian is the most offensive thing. I'm coming after all of Europe tonight. Let's go. Just talk. America. You want to know what the most unbelievable part of this movie is? The most unbelievable part of this entire film isn't the two naked men fighting in a volcano or the son and father wolf yelling at each other it's the fact that some guy had his baby inside anya taylor boy and decided to jump ship to go fight in a volcano he deserves punishment i mean i guess i guess he kind of does if you see the movie but it's upsetting frankly um great movie it's my number 12 of the year um the second time I saw Everything Everywhere, it was a double feature of this for the first time, and then Everything Everywhere uh, the second time. It was it was, a fantastic, it was a great evening. Um, and yeah, big fan of this one. Pretty much everything Kirk and Mark said, I love this movie. It's fantastic. 
Yep, movies rad. Um, we are, I don't know if you know this, Cody, but we were all planning on meeting up and reenacting the cave scene. Does that mean you're not not in? Um, Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm, I'm busy. I have a wedding that day. Yeah, okay, that, that's my thought. Rad movie. <laughs> There's volcanoes. Yeah. yeah I, very- I, 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 oh, you go, Scott. You go, Scott. All right. Uh, yeah. Very fun movie. Uh, super metal. <laughs> Um, it hasn't like necessarily stuck with me when I first saw it, but like I still really enjoyed the experience. I agree with Tim that um, it is kind of crazy what the main character does at the end of this movie, but um, yeah, just like cool Viking stuff we don't ever see in other movies. Guy walks around with another guy's heart in his pocket, like it's mm-hmm. pretty sick. Yeah, no, uh, I love Robert Eggers. Unlike Mark, The Lighthouse is still probably my favorite movie by him. But this movie is rad. Like, this movie just goes so hard and just seeing just villages get pillaged. Just uh, the character, I, I, I forget his name, but Skarsgård's character is just out for blood in every single way. He is out to kill Fjolnir. He ends up kissing his mom. He ends up banging Anya Taylor-Joy. He ends up just killing everyone in his path and nothing will stand in his path. It's amazing. He ends up chopping the guy in half. Not not like this. Like this. It's amazing. Also, I want to point out, I forgot to mention, named swords in movies are super underrated. Yes. yes. Any, any movie with the name sword automatically goes up like a star. A so star when, for you? Like just five. with a stop it. That will As a game man, yes. Okay, um, Tim. Oh, I didn't realize I was uh, up next because the banner went away. Um, so Coho died. Yeah, he's been asleep for like two rounds. Um, yeah, he told me he's leaving like at nine thirty. So, so I'm really struggling here um there's one that i still think someone's gonna take i'm gonna hold out and so i'm between two and i think i'm gonna do it because i think it'll spark a more interesting conversation i'm going with avatar the way of water and I'm going to be just super upfront in the fact that this is not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Realistically, this probably shouldn't be in my top 10 from the sense that I have seen this movie four times. And the problems that I had the first time, I still have every time. And the stuff I really liked the first time, I still really like. There hasn't been this big, like, the stuff I love, I love even more. The stuff I dislike, I hate even more or bothers me more. It just kind of stayed stagnant. But as I've talked about on Logged It, um, I just really love that first Avatar movie. I've been waiting for this for a really, really long time. And it pretty much delivered on the big things that I wanted from going back into this world. We, I know I, I've, I've never wanted to jump in more to a YLS ever than last was that last week when Koha was running his fucking stupid ass mouth. Um, but I just, I feel like I, I understand why people don't like the first one. 
Like, it's no secret. Kirk talked about it last week. He's talked about it on shows before. He doesn't really care for it. And I understand why. Like, I get it. Like, it, I understand the reasons when people say they're not into it. Um, but I just am really into it. I don't know why. I can't really say. Um, but I like the story. I like the characters. Um, in this one in particular, I know Kirk. I don't think Kirk's seen it. I can't say for sure. Um, but the the child characters, I love. I love Jake and Natiri's kids. Um, and they flesh them out in such an interesting way. We're going into the rest of the franchise. We're going to see them as kind of more the lead characters. I'm super excited. Um, obviously, visually, it's fantastic. I think shaking it up from going into the forest worlds of Pandora into the water sections, um, really interesting. Again, there are parts of the movie I don't love. Like, there are parts of the movie that I get why they're there the whole hunting of the whale stuff. Like I get why it's there for the story, but that's a part of the movie where I'm like, okay, I can get up and pee here. Like, I don't love that part the way that I love other stuff in the movie, but I just think it's really, really excellent. Again, the performances across the board, I think are great. Gordy Weaver's, I think really, really good in the movie, but I like all of the, the kids in the movie. Like I said, um, I thought I was going to be super annoyed that Stephen Lang was back. Did not care at all. I thought his character was fan fantastic. Again, it's a big leap in logic, but I don't fucking care. I really don't. Um, the first 15 minutes of this movie, like, the way they put you back into Pandora, I thought was just awesome. And it's one of those movies where, again, I work at the theater, but I... Uh, one of the things I have to do every day is walk into every auditorium while the movie is playing to make sure everything is looking good. Um, everything's formatted correctly. Picture is good quality. Sound is working. And so I walk around with a pair of 3D glasses because we play a lot of movies in 3D. So pretty much I've seen the first five to ten minutes of Way of Water like 25 times. And the opening when the two of them are on date night and they're flying around... Um, it's awesome. The action scene at the beginning with the train is fantastic. The last hour of this movie is batshit fucking insane, and it's awesome. Um, the whole final battle is incredible. Um, again, I understand why certain people don't like this movie, and I'm not... There are certain movies, like I said at the beginning of the show, with Tar. You don't like Tar? I kind of question if you actually understood the movie, or if you... like. Wh why didn't you like it? I'm going to dig a little deeper. Cody goes to see Avatar The Way of Water and he tells me he doesn't like it. I'm going to say, yeah, man, like, I get it. Like, cool, wasn't for you. Great. I just, it's it's weird that way. Um, also, I broke my Dolby Cinema virginity with uh, Avatar The Way of Water and it was one of the, the greatest movie-going experiences of my entire life. It was beautiful. Um, it's just... Again, it's just a special movie for me. I don't think it's perfect, um, but I really, really liked it. Um, not as much as the first one, but I, I, I really, really enjoyed its world building, its characters, um, and I'm looking forward to what's next. Like I, I will, I would seriously live in these movies if, specifically, if they were made by Cameron 
for as long as he wants to do it. If anybody else is touching this, if Disney tries to pull some Disney plus bullshit or anything, I'm fucking out. I don't care, but he's behind the camera doing it. I'm game. I'm, I'm all for it. I love that me and Cody had the same reaction when Uh, virginity. Sorry. This yeah. is gonna be really fast. Uh, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the other one since '09. So, Kirk, you have you will not pay a penny, right? Ha- haven't seen it. Um, okay, doesn't that's matter. All you to say, right? Does, all doesn't matter to me that I haven't seen it. Did <laughs> Tim's sure horse know. just break his ankle and lay flat out and blow, cost him the lead? Maybe. No, I, I, I knew this would happen. Rules are rules. Can I, I? I did ask you this on another program, Kirk, but I would like to rules. clarify. If I Venmo you $20, would you use that money to go see it? Is it still, is it Tim, still the theaters? We don't want yeah. the takes that would come out of that. We don't. It's better this way. Do you, you can probably it? also find a $5 night. Give him $5, go to discount day. Well, he needs to see it in 3D. I have to see it. Well, he can use concessions. <laughs> You don't have to uh, see it on the biggest screen possible. I just think you should see it. Well, I've seen the movie, well and I think okay. it's fantastic. Um, it's an experience. That's it is wild. incredibly immersive. I mean, I'm just very glad we have James Cameron back making movies again. Nobody does it like him. Um, you know, the world of Pandora is extremely immersive. I also think that um, the emotional beats, yeah, like Tim said, they work better in this movie. The family stuff. Uh, is more engaging. I mean, no, this is not something with like the emotional depth of After Sun. Of course not. But um, as a as a blockbuster, again, you you know what you're getting with Cameron. He wears his heart on his sleeve. I certainly appreciate that. I think it's better than you know movies that just wink, wink, make jokes, crack jokes every left and right every you know thirty seconds. Um, I appreciate that this movie is not afraid to have some sentiment and to to be upfront about that. So yeah, an amazing experience that I think everyone should have in the theater. Um, if you like it, you don't like it, whatever. Uh, it's worth supporting this movie in the theater. And for the record, I think it's better than the first one, actually. Fair. Say it with me, everyone. B-I-G-J-I-M. Big Jim rules us all. He owns our ass. Like, you, you can try to hide it, but he does. Kirk can call him a hack. He owns America. Like, he has us by the balls. Like, you, you cannot deny the, the control this man has over the movie audience, and that is, like, I, I respect the man so much. Yeah, this movie is visually one of the, maybe the most beautiful film, one of the most beautiful films I think I've ever seen, like, in my life. Like, I think the way James Cameron shoots action, it, it is such a spectacle in the best way possible. A scene that people aren't really talking about too much, there's, there's, there's a moment where, like, a kicker's arm gets chopped off, and it's awesome. It's awesome. Like, I yeah. Like, when that happens in this part, I'm like, let's go! And, like, yeah, the new characters, Kiri, Spider, Lowak, Took, I love them all. Um, Just learning, like, living with the new tribe. A tan, Yes. Uh, living with the new tribe of the Metkayina, I think, is excellent. I love the Tolkoons. Um, yeah, it's it's incredible. I love this earnest sense of filmmaking. I know I know it doesn't work for everyone, but yeah, I I love the Avatar movies. Um, just like Payson, I am also grateful for James Cameron's cinematic hand jobs. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> it, it, it's 
I think it's crazy that James Cameron's probably made like the most immersive movie theater going experience, but there's like almost no real story. I think to latch on to this, like I, I will definitely see the third one in theaters, but like I, like it, it, the one time I see it in theaters, like, I'll never see it again. Like I, I can guarantee that. Also, I would like to say that it's crazy to me that Titanic just got re-released for its 25th anniversary. Went and saw that in 3D for the second time. Me uh, too. After it had I saw it. I saw its 10 year or its 15 year re-release 10 years ago in 3D. Saw it again in 3D uh, a few weeks ago, and the, the the man doesn't. To me, he doesn't miss. Like you're Titanic. spoiling that, my next pick. That Titanic re-release. Titanic re-release is fucking. Epic. Okay. And also, hard so if 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 James Cameron holds us all by the balls in the United States, so what does Feige own? The rest of us, because he's got like multiple in the top domestic of the U.S. So I don't think that's correct. I don't, that's, I don't he has us in the mouth. He owns he's a got lot of three green. of the top five all time, all time. Bro. Yeah, like, I, I, sure, like all worldwide. Yeah, he owns the international market, but I still think he's buying some fucking tickets at some point. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't fucking see the way of water. Are you fucking kidding me? I ran for all the other movies. Uh, Payson's up Payson. Oh, is it Payson? I want to just see it Payson all the others. Everything he says. Sorry, you have one. You have like quippy one-liners and it annoys me. We'll go ahead. What's the next pick? I all saw a movie with no one-liners. Glass Onion. Uh, Thank fucking God. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I'll keep this short. Uh, I'm not going to say some hyperbolic thing that Coho said about Knives Out, but uh, no, I think this is, in my opinion, I think it tops Knives Out, if I'm being honest. I think the cast works so, so well. I think Kate Hudson, Janelle Monet, Dave Batista are all incredible. Edward Norton is phenomenal as the, as the CEO. I don't want to talk about it too much, because I don't want to spoil it. I think Daniel Craig is given more to do as the character of Benoit Blanc, and I think that makes it even more fun. I love the look of this movie. I love um, all the cameos. Um, we're running long. I don't want to say anything that's going to take my grade even more. So, Glass Onion, incredible film. I mean, Glass Onion is my number one of the year. Let's um, go. I, I love Glass Onion. I just you you can't. I understand. I th- I know some people have problems or like it didn't feel like a full mystery or it's going to be dated in time or it's like of the time. I I don't care. I do not care at all. I had so much fun watching it. Um, I hate that I had to watch it on Netflix and couldn't see it in theaters, but like Knives Out one and this one and Glass Onion, I think are just great. We just talked about The Last of Sheila, which is like uh, not, I wouldn't say it's not directly like from it, but like he's inspiration from that movie. Um, We just talked about it on the round table. It'll come out next month, but uh, yeah, I'm just fully on board and I don't care how many times it happens. I know it's cliche and I know like, other people would be like roll their eyes at it, but when there's this person that sits down at the end of a film or in the middle of the film, or wherever the film is and breaks down the who done it moment of a film with like moments and like flashbacks and stuff, I do not care. I am all on board a thousand percent of the time. It hooks me every time. I don't care. I am in love with it. I understand this is not groundbreaking cinema. I really think this movie did a disservice to itself. I think the marketing of putting knives out on it, I think it should have been standalone, not even connect. Like he didn't want it on there, like, but they they wanted it to get people in to see it. Um, but he has a way. Stay away from laser swords, but I'm telling you right now, 
do any murder mystery whatsoever, you will have me there and you will have me there multiple times. Great choice and great cast overall. I had a blast with it. Kirk is going to be completely opposite. Kirk, yeah, go. Not, not completely. Um, I like the mystery stuff. That's all fun. Um, but the more I think about this movie, the more I, I, I have problems with it. Um, and I've talked about it before, and we are running late, so I won't go into too much detail. Um, but I think what it boils down to is Johnson just way too much wears his agenda on his sleeve in this movie. He has something very specific he's trying to accomplish, and he the hoops he has to jump through, and what he has to do with his character, and where he has to take his his main character, his world's greatest detective character that he's built a franchise around, um, is just kind of ridiculous. Um, I won't go into spoilers, um, but uh, I just... I, again, I, I, I hate all the Twitter stuff and the, the COVID stuff is just... You know, the, you know, the 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 eternally online stuff is just is painful to me and is just so cringeworthy. Um, so that the more I think about when I, whenever I think about this movie now, months removed from having seen it, that's really what consumes my thoughts is that that part of the movie and it hurts the the good stuff that, that followed it. Um, based on his general thoughts and letterboxd review, I don't think I've ever agreed with Kirk more. It's like I enjoy the mystery elements, but the sense of humor. And the references are all just um, like obviously specific to the time. And at this point, like there's he doesn't really have something to say about them. It's just dropping these words or these celebrities or these ideas um, to, you know, catch the moment. And, and but when you're also catching such a specific moment, I can't like imagine watching this 20 years from now and, and being able to vibe with it at all the same. Um, it, it, it's it's I think will date a lot worse than the original Knives Out. Um, I still like it's a great fun experience. I I just think there's uh, some miscalculations in the tone and the. And I, I want to comment to Scott's uh, what Scott said. Um, I know this was maybe before Musk uh, bought Twitter, but he was still very hated and disrespected at that point. And also, even if not specifically about Musk, it's very much about that type of person. And that was the whole point was to basically troll that type of person, whoever, whether it was uh, Musk or. You know, and it's not creative in how it does that. <laughs> not a, not even the slightest bit. Um, this was my number uh, four of the year. This was the one that I was kind of waiting to for somebody else to pick. Um, so my whole top ten will be talked about because I'm going to bring up my other one that hasn't been later. Um, but I don't mean to rag on Zach tonight. It's not my intention. I love you. Uh, but the whole concept of I can't see myself watching this in 20 years and it feeling a certain way, that that argument has never really worked for me. Um, Cody jokes about it a lot, but I'm a film apologist. I like a lot of stuff. Um, a movie that I love that no one else loves. Ralph Breaks the Internet. Everyone said to me, Tim, that movie sucks. No one's going to like it in 30 years. And I said, well, I like it now. So who fucking cares? Um, and that's kind of how I feel about this one. Like you could say that like the, the, the COVID stuff, the, the, the Twitter esque stuff, like all of the stuff that he's talking about, pointing at, picking at, isn't going to work in 20 years. That may very well be true. And in 20 years, I'll reappraise it right now. I love it. Um, I like knives out more. I think knives out is the much better movie. But I love both movies. I would rather pop in Knives Out and watch that one. Um, but I really enjoy this one. Um, I think that Netflix does a disservice to this in the sense that 
I got to see it in the theater. I was very grateful to have been able to see it in the theater in a sold out auditorium. And it was a really great experience. Um, but weirdly enough, I have not felt the need to jump back in and rewatch this purely based on the fact that um, I watch so many movies in the theater and then on Blu-ray. And maybe that's a personal thing that like, I just, I don't go on Netflix. I just don't, unless somebody tells me like, you really, really got to watch those things. There's so many things I got to watch in the theater um, or stuff that I missed from the theater that I get on Blu-ray to watch that I don't have time to go rewatch something on Netflix, even if I think it's the fourth best movie of the year. It's the same thing with Cha-Cha Real Smooth. I haven't gone back and rewatched it on Apple multiple times because I just have other things to do. I'm It sucks, but it's the way that it is. But I will rewatch Everything Everywhere and Fablemans because I bought those and I physically have them, and I can put them in and watch them. So that's a personal thing, but I think that it, it is a disservice. Um, and if anything, the movie doing really well in its week-long limited release should prove to Netflix that they should do that more often, because it did really well. And uh, yeah, the movie's great. I really like the movie. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Maybe it's not that deep doesn't really matter to me i just enjoy the whole mystery element of it more so than the the commentary um surface level not surface level whatever again i i find it fun that we're making these big sort of all-star murder mysteries they are like the actual plotting and everything of it i think is very cleverly written by ryan johnson i like the structure of like oh now we're going to go back and reveal what you didn't realize this whole time um, and all the little Easter eggs and, you know, show, he shows you a bunch of stuff that you missed the first time around. Love all that type of stuff. You know, I, I, I do understand. I don't think it's probably going to age as well just because of um, some of the thematic stuff. But like, I, it's not really why I come to the movie. So I just had a good time with it. Uh, yeah, to, to quote uh, Snoop Dogg, uh, this motherfucker don't miss. Uh, I don't think Ryan Johnson has made a bad movie. And the Glass Onion is it's pretty great. Um, I I will take every I will take every mystery movie he has. Um, he has a way of telling, like what should be bland mystery stories, and he finds a way to make them interesting. And Glass Onion's great. I feel like every, most people in this community have seen it. If you haven't, you should see it right away. Okay. Zach, uh, Zach yeah. to round out your draft. Yeah, um, I get two picks, right? Yeah. Correct. All right. Okay. So, um, you know, Scott just said why he comes to movies. You know why I come to movies to reflect on myself, uh, reflect on my my you know spot on this earth, and understand, come out with a better understanding, hopefully. And um, my number one movie of the year that I was going to say for last, but I just want to do it now was um, is Armageddon Time. Um, James Gray is easily a top 10 um, working director for me right now. Um, and he is so diverse in the kinds of movies. He, he does his jungle epic um, with La Cia Z, which fucking rules. He does his space drama um, with Ad Astra. He, done like a, he started his career with a number of crime films. Um, and then this just super personal, intimate um you call it nostalgia drama, but or just childhood drama. Um, one of the many films of filmmakers making something about their past. Um, I think this one has some different goals than those uh, those other films. Um, this has a something that 
artistically is something I'm usually very attracted to, which is kind of reflecting on your childhood sins that sometimes we um, may overlook and we often, you know, we make ourselves the victim of the story, but we don't often think about all the times where we, you know, were the instigator, the, the villain in a ways and, and coming to terms with that in an open way is, you know, is important for self-improvement. Um, you know, all change starts with our own accountability. There's a very simplistic view of, I think, what he's trying to do. Um, I, I think that, that some people against it can cut it down to a very um, shallow state, especially in, in the racial dealings, when I think less about this being about specifically white privilege, uh, which it definitely deals with. It is also about, as I kind of already mentioned, um, seeing how you've used the white privilege and seeing how you know you have been perpetuating and how we're all part of this perpetuating cycle this is what i said my favorite two movies um are both pretty cynical i do think this is pretty cyn cynical by the end where it's kind of like you know everything's fucked like we could try our best but we can only go so far which sounds really defeatist but i think the movie is a lot deeper than the way i'm able to to word that um and, and performance wise great things uh, around the board love and hathaway always um, Dark Knight Rises again, baby, Catwoman. Um, she she she's really great, kind of stepping in some other roles now in this career. Um, and Anthony Hopkins is one of my best foreign actors. He gives like a pretty traditional, like warm, mentally family figure, especially older guy. But who's better to do that than Anthony Hopkins? He's able to kind of create a little bit of a moral center for this character, understanding that um, you know. It, it, what's more believable than hearing it from from his his mouth? Um, anyways, I, I, this like I can understand why people don't like her. It's not their best movie, but it hits me in my sweet spot for what I what I look for in movies. And just like Come On, Come On was my number one last year because it kind of helped me understand my my existence better. This did as well. So, um, I like this movie. I didn't love this movie. Um. Uh, I it's oh uh, without getting like real personal like who plays the dad um, Jeremy Strong Jeremy Strong. Jeremy Strong there's a scene in this movie that's just very hard to watch like from uh, like uh, growing up in kind of like that environment um, and like getting like I understand like I've I've always said this from how you kind of pointed it bad parents i'm not saying all parents are wrong don't get me wrong but like there are bad parents that raise bad like that they just it was a cycle and it just continued and no one was able to break it for so long so like they don't know how to correct and they don't know sometimes they don't know they're being too much or going too hard or too much to the kid like that's a kid at the end of the day um but it, it might have worked for him when he was younger because that's what my dad did to me and it's just like a cycle that needed to be broken and that's and this is of that time and it's very hard i just wanted to spend more time with anthony hopkins and just the shoot rockets with him and like have that like nice little like like grandfather or something <laughs> but when it got real in home life that's when it's really hard so i connect with it but i want to like push it as far as possible away like at the same time so i get it it's a great movie, great performances, but overall, it like hits a little too close to home for me a little bit at the time. So, um, everybody else, and we're getting to. Oh, um, yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I think Hopkins is the best part of it. Um, and I think you know, 
uh, he said that he has like that grandfather feel to him. I think you're still the edge of that character, and I think he like brings it out, like challenges this kid. And I think even after you know a certain point in the movie where he's still showing up, like he's still like pushing him, challenging him, if represents that. And yeah, it's it's a hard movie because you know it's about you know this you know very specifically Jewish family, and you know there's remember these families who are one generation removed from the Holocaust, and. Um, you know, it's a it's a people that have been you know for thousands of years fighting for survival, and now their survival depends on holding down another group of people who have struggled. So, I mean, obviously, I'm not the person to talk about it because it's two groups that I'm not involved with. But I think it's just a really hard thing to say about you know how society kind of tears people and how people at the bottom have to interact with each other. Um, so, it's very difficult. And I'm not going to say whether or not they did, they handled it well or handled it right, um, but it's it definitely gives you it's a lot to think about. It's a very interesting movie, so um, I think it's a good fourth round pick. Um, I liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was really well written, directed, acted. Um, I saw this trailer maybe 80 times over the course of the months of July through like October when it came out. Like Jesus Christ, the trailer for this played on fucking every movie I saw. Um, but that being said, it, it it was it was better than I was expecting it to be. Jessica Chastain also has a really good one scene um, that I thought she was she was really excellent in. Anne Hathaway I thought was really great. Jeremy Strong. Um, Anthony Hopkins is the one that's like, yeah, he's the one everyone talks about from the movie for good reason. He's really great in it. Um, I don't think it's one I'm really going to go back to all that much. James Gray is a director that I've found that I tend to like his movies. Like Zach talked about Ad Astra, Lost City of Z, um, are movies that I've all, I've enjoyed. I've just never felt the need to really return to. And this kind of falls into it where it's like, I really appreciate the craft and the movie, but I, there's nothing there. That's like really drawing me super back, but I totally respect the fact that Zach loves it and found something in it. Um, it makes total sense. to me. It's a good movie. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot in my top 20 for the year. Um, I agree with Zach's thoughts. I think, you know, it's it's fascinating to see a director doing something so intimate like this and really sort of playing out their trauma on the, the big screen through the only medium they know how and making a film. And um, I agree also that I think the ending, you know, you could take the simplistic read of, oh, look, you know, he's congratulating himself because he walked out of the speech or whatever. Like, you know, he's saying that he made change. But honestly, I think the whole point of that is how pointless sort of uh, his gesture is and the fact that um, not only is it too late, but it's just it's just really not that effective um, for, you know, um, creating change. So. Um, yeah, great movie and uh, deserves more credit than it got. Uh, yeah, um, I I love uh, the I love the, the place where James Gray is at his career. I, I've really liked the last three things that he's done. I, I really like Lost City of Z. I kind of love Ad Astra and this. The, the the I was really excited this movie came out and it filled a lot of those expectations. I was really I was really moved by it. Um, I mean, the way this was going, I was pretty sure I was going to be able to pick it. I, I was 
really thought somebody wasn't going to take it. I'm glad Zach did. Um, I, I think it handles a lot of really difficult stuff, like, but kind of tells through a child's eyes. I, I, I was really taking taking it back by this one. I, I like this one a lot. Great movie. Uh, I think James Gray does the whole autobiographical thing, like story of him as a child, really, really well. Uh, if I have one complaint, I don't think the actor that plays the main kid is that great, and I think kind of took me out of the movie a few times. Um, but yeah, I think the scene with Anthony Hopkins and on the park bench is the scene of that movie, and incredible. Uh, Zach, your next pick, Kirk, you're a crazy person for what you just said, man. Just you That's not well, how. We're, we're, we're deciding who's winning as this is going on, and he just sent an, an asinine take. You're muted, baby. Yeah. Uh, I was making a joke about how Payson hates genders, and now the time is off. Um, anyways. Fair. Uh, you hit the child. Thanks for Peta. Um so my last pick, um, I get to fulfill almost all of my top five with the exception of Marcel the Show. So, you know, all things turn up Zach here. Uh, another one of my top 10 working directors, pretty easy, in the list I haven't created and I'm making up right now, um, is Hirokazu Koreeda, and I am taking Broker. Um, you know, did not got kind of hidden behind a lot of the other foreign films of this year. And uh, maybe because he, you know, has chance getting a lot of attention for shoplifters. Um, I actually like this one a lot more. Um, he's the best at just found family um, movies um, and, and really milks them for a lot of ideas and, and really interesting chemistry and personalities, especially this movie um, mixed together to create a family that also feels natural. Um, you have Song Kang-ho and um, I am definitely looking at IMDb Gang to Gang Dong Won um, are... are in a way, work buddies, uh, we'll call it that, and they're in their kind of con that they're pulling off. Um, they seem to have very different motivations and very different just kind of <laughs> personalities in a lot of ways, but they have the same end goal and, and are able to learn by being part of this mission together, especially when coming um, with one of this um, mom trying to give up her child. Um, I'm trying not to I feel like a lot of people have seen it. But um, Ayo, who gives them a whole different perspective of what they're doing and what it means to, you know, start a family and to sacrifice a family. Um, I, I need, I like, see two movie, movies, I forget everything because I'm also just dumb and getting old fast. Um, so it's hard for me to give a lot more um, of my memories of the movie um, without rewatching it. But it, it's lovely. And I recommend everyone watch it. Also, I want you to watch um, God damn it. Say the show name, Scott. <laughs> Mac and I. Uh, Mac house. and I. Yeah. yeah. Cooking yeah. for the Mako house. Lovely coming of age show on Netflix by Coriata. It's, it's best. Watch it. Um, so I really, really, really enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, I think it like fits into like my kind of like genre of film. Um, I love like the, can you say crime? Yeah. I mean, I would say that like definitely throughout the movie and like the, and like the people in like the way they handle it and like the intrigue of like, do they, does the, the mother go with the plan that's 
put upon her and like the ending I think is real what really like seals the deal for this movie for me is like the guy's decision at the end. Um but like uh Scott you helped me last time the 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 dad or the older Kong Kang Ho. Put him in everything. I I love I love him. I think he's fantastic in everything. I enjoy every time he shows up in a movie. Um, I think he's great. If you haven't seen Broker, I don't want to spoil. Like, I again, you can look up what it's about. But like, I knew nothing going into this movie, absolutely zero, and I had a blast with it. So I think if you, the little you know, probably the more you'd enjoy it. I think because so, but it's great, great film. Kirk, you haven't seen this one, right? I have not. Hey, anybody else haven't seen this one? Yet? I ordered the Blu-ray literally today. Weirdly enough, because I love shoplifters, so I'm gonna watch it. Payson, have um, you seen it? I've not seen it. Mark, uh, I have. Uh, I, I I liked it a lot. Uh, I mean, I think most of what everybody says about it is true. It's very, it's very emotional. Really, uh, like I think it really kicks in the second half. Performances are really great. And um, yeah, I was gonna say one thing, but I won't say it just because like it doesn't seem a lot of people seen. So I'll just leave it at yeah love it number 11 of the year for me uh he navigates Coriata navigates this some you know what could be kind of really tricky subject matter with such a light touch um throughout the entire movie um i think it's just what he's good at doing in general um there are some really beautiful and emotional scenes in this the scene on top of the ferris wheel that's probably my favorite scene from the movie the conversation that um gong dong Wan and then G only the woman have there is um, yeah profoundly moving. I found I found her performance G only that was the standout performance to me. Like I was really kind of blown away by her. She's a K-pop singer. This is like her first acting role. Uh, but oh, I wow. thought she yeah, navigated uh, all the- also known as Aya, which is how I referred to her. As. Uh, yeah, Iu. Yeah, uh, Iu. Sorry. God damn yeah. it. <laughs> she. I think she navigates all the complexities of this character very well because you have conflicting emotions about her to say the least but um yeah the the found family stuff nobody does it better than he does okay Payson, close out your draft all right uh i think yeah okay i think i know where i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna take prey uh i think um yeah, I think of all the streaming films this year, I think this was the least controversial one of everyone just sort of had the universal opinion of, hey, this should have been in theaters. And I agree. Um, this is probably the most interesting thing you could have done with the Predator franchise at this point of just going back back in time to like the first Predator we ever see with like the Comanche people. Um, I... You know, I I could look it up. I think the the girl that plays the main um the main character, I think she is wonderful. Um, she was in Legion, which was a show I really really love, and I just love how like no one believes her. There's this thing out in the woods, and she's like, "Well, guess I got to go take care of it." And I just think the action of just making this such like a personal predator story is so so good. Um, and I I honestly did kind of enjoy the uh the look of the predator in this film i know that was sort of contentious i really enjoyed what it looked like i know it looked weird compared to other predators in films but i think this is 
Um, this is great. Uh, if I'm being honest, it's my favorite movie with a predator in it. And I think it is um, such a fun entry in the franchise. And I would love to see more movies where you just put the predator in different eras of time. Like, I love this movie. Uh, I went back and forth on my final pick, and I have not talked about this movie on any format, so on any show I've been on, so I wanted to take this one. Uh, Predator sucks in general. Like, I don't think it's good by any means. Like, it's a big movie that got praised because of Schwarzenegger, but garbage, let's be real. And then every other one that came after... Tim Burkala's wet fantasy. Like, let's be real. Like, awful. Like, let's be real. He, I do not like you the wanna, second listen, one. Listen, listen, listen. I'm gonna. I, this is my time. If you want to know the biggest villain in multiplex, it's Tim Burkala, and people don't realize this at the point. Alien vs. Predator. Him. Horror Great icons. Him. Uh, what? What did anything, you just say? Any horror icons. Him. Oh. Anything. Anything bad that you have to study for fan, him. Um. He likes bad films, but he a lot. But he's he thinks they're good. This movie fucking rules. Like this movie takes a complete difference. Like I when that scene when that bear gets lifted and torn and the blood pours down, I'm like, you got it. I'm with Payson. Drop the predator. I want the predator in the Revolutionary War. I want. The, I want. I, I, yeah, I don't care. I want the. I want the predator like. Anywhere and everywhere. Let's let it go. Let's every war. Let's drop him in. Let's see what happens. Be great, Kirk. Uh, yeah, I love this movie. Um, I think this is the way to. Would this technically be considered a legacy sequel at this point? I don't know if that's if it fits that definition off, but like this is the way to do it. Like to really take yeah. something. I think this is probably the best Predator movie. Um, yeah. Just the different spin on it. Um, and you're asking for the aliens in a different time. You're at, you want cowboys uh, versus aliens. That's really what we're doing here. So, um, but uh, no, this is great. I love the fight scenes. I have I have a few nitpicks about like. Uh, some of the effects and stuff like that, but it's small. I think it's such a fun movie. I think they did a really great job of tying it into the um, originals without like being like all like you know, you know, wink, wink with it. Um, the dumbest take I heard on this movie is the idea that like she's like uh, a Mary Sue and like just out of nowhere is able to fight a predator. Like the entire movie is a training montage. Like you see her, like every scene is her preparing to fight this thing, and I think that's one of the the, the great things about it is like you see the protagonist just getting better and improving and becoming what she needs to be to win the fight. Um, so no, I think this is a great movie. And I agree. I want to see more of this kind of thing with not just Predator franchise, but just a lot of different franchises. Yeah, Kirk. Kirk has to go silent because it's still really late. You guys made him go really late. You assholes. Uh, we're still um, we're still shorter than last year right now. Uh, this I love you. This is. Yeah, last year was four hours and nineteen minutes. I looked. Um, this this movie is fucking awesome. Believe it or not, it is the favorite film of a member of my family in this household. It is Bucky's favorite movie of the year. Um, when me and Maggie watched it, he sat on the couch next to me and stared at the TV its entire runtime. So if you follow him on Letterboxd, it is his favorite movie on Letterboxd. Um, it's a great movie. The uh, the predator stuff is dope. The all the all the scenes with the predator are awesome. Um, why this was put out on Hulu? Fuck me if I know. Like I guess the predator didn't do well, so they were like, "Ooh, it's so good." Like the predator was bad, 
like I still like it because as Cody said, because as Cody said, I still like bad movies, but this movie's awesome. Um, it blows my mind. Um, maybe one day we'll add it to fandom. I don't know. I love it though. I'm very upset right now. I was, uh, I was fully prepared that, that nobody would remember this fucking movie. I was gonna take it. This is literally my next pick, and. Him comes swooping, pacing, taking prey. I'm so it's my second favorite movie of the year. I love prey. I Aren't you I really like the Predator franchise in general. I I just I love the character of the Predator, and but the thing that that I will I, w- I will admit is that there is not a single Predator sequel that I think has really tried to advance the character, or if they have they've gone about it in some really stupid ways. And I think Prey is the first one to really try and give a different, really give it like a different feel to the Predator. And I think Payson mentioned a little bit with his armor. Like it's, it's more primal looking. It's, it's almost like he's like a, like a Predator out like on his first hunt. So like it, it, it's in his armor and his technology isn't fully realized. Like it's a lot of like kind of, like a steel projectile stuff. Like he doesn't have like the laser gun. It's not as futuristic as that. And it's the first, I think it's probably the first great final fight scene we've had with a predator. Like, I think I, I mean, I love the first predator to death, but I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Arnold Schwarzenegger's fight at the predator is better than um, the ending fight scene we get in prey. Like I can't do that. Like, but no, I, I'm a total fanboy for this franchise and this. I really thought this movie was going to be absolute garbage. And it's, it is one of my favorite movies of the year. I love it. I really hope they make another one. Uh, and they, I really hope we don't give up on this franchise. I think there's, there's a lot here now. Haven't seen it. Oh, Scott. Is that good sleep? Oh no, but I forgot. I seen it. It's fine. I forgot this movie existed. I never expected it to come up. Um, I also never seen any of the Predators, so I'm not really connected. To yeah, same here. Well. Oh, they're bad. You can see them. Um, pace. Uh, Tim. Yeah, I'm gonna go for my number nine of the year, and then every one of my top ten movies was picked. And actually, my top, uh, I think, like, 13 was picked by everyone. So uh, mine was a little Netflix documentary called Senior. Uh, It's about Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Downey Sr. Um, I watched it um, on a whim and loved it. Um, I'm so stupid. I didn't realize that Robert Downey Sr. passed away a few years ago. Uh, Didn't know that going into the movie kind of hit me even harder that way. Um, Like I said earlier, dad and son stuff hits me hard. Uh, So this was really, really impactful. Um, The way that the movie revolves around Junior wanting to make a film, a documentary about Senior, and it's through the COVID stuff. And Senior's also making his own movie, and they're kind of looking at that. And then they're like editing the the movie. Uh, Senior's making like his cut of the movie, while Junior's like making his cut of the movie. And you're looking at those different versions of it and how they look at it is really cool. 
I could also just say what you will about him as an actor and whatnot, um, because I think for some reason we've kind of soured on Downey Jr. again. I don't know why. I think he's a great actor. Um, and I think he's – I could listen to him talk all day. Like him in his element with his family in here is great. Um, seeing the way that he interacts with his dad, really powerful stuff. It's like 90 minutes long, if that. It's just a really touching, like, inside look into family um, In from, like, one of our biggest stars today. Thought it was really interesting. There is a little bit of that, like, privilege stuff in it that, like, Junior's talking about, like, oh, I'm, like, this, this was hard for me when I was a kid. And it's like, yeah, you were really rich and, like, famous and whatever. Like, calm down. But... At its core, I think it's really great. And to honestly, there's a lot of film stuff too of like they go through like seniors uh film history as a director and everything. And like I didn't know a lot of the information that they pointed out of him as a director. Uh, I'm I've never seen any of his films. So to see kind of like from an unbiased perspective some of seniors' filmography, it was really, really cool. Really powerful movie. I think anybody everybody should watch it. Um, if you're interested in just father son dynamic and also film in general, and if you like Robert Downey Jr. at all, you just get a little bit of an inside look as to why he is the way he is. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I watched this uh, documentary. I think it's um, I think it's really good. Um, again, the dynamic of like him wanting to tell the story of Senior and overall hearing like oh well she looked at the camera so cut it again and like it makes it he goes all right take two like it's a documentary but he's like making his own film at the time i don't know like how rich they really were at the time because he made some like low budget like I, but probably I don't better probably yeah. better than middle class but like, that's what i mean overall like, not... he was not one of these directors of the time that was just like sweeping he made no. some weird like looking films some of this community probably would love to be honest with you if you look at him like dylan vampine i think like dylan would like love some downy junior downy seniors movie but it's just a real heart to heart relationship and i'm with tim i mean if you told me the documentary was just uh, like narrated from junior i listen to it i think it's, i think he has a way to tell a story and you get to see him interact with like his kids and his home life yeah and him kind of like and him kind of show like a sign of vulnerability of this like of a character because you don't talk about actor that's had like a hard like self-imposed like on himself but like went down a dark hole and came back out the other side and like has been more successful it's junior so i think it's interesting to see him be like even more transparent on screen with his dad it was really nice to tell um, i knew that he died before so it made me really sad going into it but it was, it was, a, it was a touching story anybody else seen senior this might be no, a sweep i don't think no, i have not that. seen it sounds pretty cool though yeah, just okay. Perfect. Great choice. Thank you for <laughs> you picked something that no one else has. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, even though they're in different orders, Mark, you couldn't get prey because it was your second, but you waited so many picks. So look at you. You failed. Uh, what's your last pick? I think even though I this, even though I have this movie ahead of it, I I honestly just kind of want to talk about this movie just because it's maybe one of my bigger surprises of 2022. I'm going to take Puss in Boots, 
the last wish. Nice. I I could not have been like I feel like it's weird. DreamWorks is like the studio that like most of the t- like you feel like most of their shit is like boss baby and like a lot of it sh- and then they like throw out just some like weirdly great animated movie that like I wasn't prepared for and especially from Puss in Boots which I I didn't really hate the first one but it's a largely forgettable film a bad movie and this one is just like it really it takes some like weird time to develop put like a uh, Puss in Boots as a character and kind of kind of look at him like through a legacy perspective and I'm kind and I was just a little bit surprised how dark the movie got and how it's him like kind of kind of look like kind of him facing like his demise and how they literally put this personification of death in a children's movie like it was i thought it was incredibly ballsy the i love the animation style i think dreamworks has made a very good uh switch to that in the last couple of films like they kind of changed up their animation style and I mean, I, I think uh, kind of aside from the main character, I think it also like usually whenever like at least within, within the Shrek films, they just kind of throw in fairy tale characters, kind of throw in. I feel like in this one, they were really methodical and throwing in certain fairy tale characters to kind of fit the theme. And I, I got, I, I mean, I, I didn't think I'd like this movie at all. And then I, I saw it like in early January and I think quietly slipped into my top 10 i was absolutely surprised by it uh i want this on the clock right now it is march by the end of this year talk about one of the most overrated or overpraised movies it will be it will be this movie i just know it like it is getting it's getting a long rumble i think the movie is really good i just do especially when you have zero expectations of what it's going to be um I I think Shrek died after two. Like I know there's people the Shrek the third. I watched that with uh, the people in Kansas City with them. Yeah, we did. Yeah. But overall, I think there's I think it's just a dead franchise, and this is like completely separate from that. Like it's its own thing. It's a, the animation is like different. The the story the the wolf is honestly one of the best villains that you could have incorporated i think it's really smart how they played that um uh terrified the shit out of my five-year-old she was not having to have all those red eyes and stuff and the whistling she like i just heard mom and foot like footsteps down the hallway bolted (laughs) done um and I was just like, I think it's very impressive that they were able to accomplish it. I do think, like, it being this high, and I think it's, Kirk told me it was, like, on Letterboxd. Uh, top 100. Top, top 100. I think that's just craziness at this point. I think that's, that's a little crazy. too crazy. But I think crazy. any movie that just is, like, that crazy right on the gate, I think you need to, like, calm down a little bit. But overall, it is what DreamWorks is able to produce of a standalone. Well done. Like, done. You can't. I can't walk in out of that and be like, "This piece of shit." No, this is bar well exceeded what they were able to accomplish. I think it's. I think it's a good choice. Who else has seen Puss in Boots? I've not. Um, yeah, I went to see it the day it came out because I thought it was going to be a throwaway movie. Uh, there were a lot of movies coming out around Christmas. Maggie was like, "It's going to be bad. I don't need to go see it." 
I didn't look at Rotten Tomatoes or anything. I went and saw it, and I was like, holy shit, is this fucking good? Like, what the hell? And then the movie got out. I read some reviews. I was like, oh, other people like this. I'm not alone. Great. Uh, and then all the Kingsmen saw it and said it was the, the greatest thing since sliced bread uh and i i, te- I tend to agree it, it's it's top tier dreamworks which again is a low bar um but it, it's really great it really is there's some really genuinely funny moments the the new character i believe his name is is it perito i think something like that it just became eligible yesterday in fandom i don't need to know everything yet um really great character um i also have an undying man crush on john mulaney so he shows up as a uh as a as the voice of the villain in this film and i'm i'm there for it um and yeah i just i really like the movie it's it's a really really good movie also i've talked about it many times on call people hate me for it this movie's use of 3d fantastic saw it in 3d and it was fucking awesome the 3d was really good it's a great movie really easy watch it's out on blu-ray now you can rent it do whatever it's it's very much worth your time and without the credits it's maybe 95 minutes it's a really quick watch yeah um this was the first movie of 2023 i saw in a theater and i thought it was really really good um i was a little skeptical when i saw caleb coho calling it the logan of the shrek franchise i was like what (laughs) I was in a chat with I was in a chat with Cole. He called it the Logan of the Shrek franchise. I hate him. <laughs> Can't wait for I, the Dark Phoenix. Then. <laughs> <laughs> He's so stupid. He has to compare to another film. He can't be in stable. It's like, oh god, sack of but, potatoes. <laughs> I don't think like quite as incredible as some people do but i do think it's i i would give this a four i would give this four stars um i think the animation is beautiful and i think the action is so like high energy i think cody said it best uh, expectations on the ground um and i think it well well exceeded them um like mark said dreamworks doesn't have the greatest track record uh if you saw shark tale as a kid and loved it don't go back and rewatch it it's bad um, Never but that, yeah, the, 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 the one thing I do want to say is, uh, John Mulaney, uh, uh, he plays the villain in this movie and his, and his character's name is Jack Horner. And when I heard his name was Jack Horner, like I was just sitting in the theater and I was just like, cause that's Burt Reynolds, character in Boogie Nights. And I was like, what the fuck? You, you, un- yeah. Cause this wasted 30 seconds. Anybody else see this movie? We're almost four. No. We're four hours. Cool. Scott, close it out. All right, Ty West had a great year in 2022, made two great movies. I'm going with the one that I slightly prefer, Pearl. Yeah. Uh, the second uh, movie in what I seems is going to be a trilogy. Who knows? Maybe there's going to be more. I'm down for however many he wants to make of these things. Uh, but, yeah, Pearl was a kind of strangely beautiful to look at, but twisted, like fairy tale uh, Wizard of Oz coming of age type story um, about the birth of the, the killer who we see in X um, and watching sort of her sexual awakening and just awakening to the isolation of her existence and 
you know, sort of the, the tyrannical role that her mother has in her life. Um, all fascinating, all, um, you know, obviously anchored by Mia Goth um, and her amazing performance. Um, deserves a lot more love, but um, yeah, no, I, I think, you know, she is what owns this movie and her monologue is amazing. And, uh, but at the same time, it's also, again, a very well-crafted film, as was X. Ty West has a lot of style. I appreciate when the directors are just going for it because they are just enjoying doing cool stuff in their movies. And I think that is definitely true of both X and Pearl. Um, I'm excited to see how things resolve themselves in Maxine next year. Um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate um, that you know, what, what he was able to do here with these two movies and the, you know, connecting them to each other. It was a nice surprise to see that the second one was going to be coming out. He's really get, made me a goth into a, a name for herself. I think she's going to be a, a scream queen um, for years to come and maybe more than that, if she wants to be. Um, but yeah, loved Pearl. Um, you know, definitely one of the best a 24 films. Shout out Aaron since he's in the chat um, of the year. I think he like he was one of the eight and then dropped to seven right after he said the rule checked off. <laughs> he held on to the final pick ever. Um so I had no intention to see X. Um but then we were hanging out at Tins. I said just put it on. Like if I'm ever gonna watch this, I'm gonna watch it here and like we'll see how it is. I I liked it for the most part. I, I give it three and a half. My three I have Pearl at four. I don't know if X is too high. Or Pearl needs to be higher, but my thing is, I would watch Pearl over X at any like any point. I think Pearl is great. Like that scene, like her like sitting at the dinner table, like after it all, like is just haunting. I think her performance, how she, I understand it's never going to get that buzz, especially from Oscars. I think she's absolutely incredible in this film, the way she handles it. This is like a taste of the yes, it's very artistic. It's very like things but it just pops on screen i don't know what's coming next but i'm in for it and if i would i would never have said that at the start of this year that i would be in or last year that i'd be in for any of this kind of horror vibe but the way the world he's able to create in these two films i'm looking i'm looking forward to it great great choice it's in my top 10 right now the movies you guys selected this week will bump it out of there but it's still top probably top 15 of the year so great choice of uh, yeah, I loved Pearl. Um, I watched, I, I hadn't seen X or Pearl until probably like last month. So I watched X and I, I really enjoyed that. Wanted to hop on Pearl. I watched another one of his movies. Yeah, Ty West is potentially becoming one of my, uh, kind of, uh, you know, best young, you know, active directors. I, I feel like he's like a quick Tarantino type who's digested a lot of film and you just see that love and that that knowledge come out whenever he makes i just love that uh you know x was kind of his you know homage to like 70 slashers uh this is like more like old hollywood type stuff like an old hollywood slasher which i think is really cool um and i i, I think i like pearl i like them both but i like pearl better than x um i think this i think pearl makes x better uh, when you go back and look at it and have that more understanding of the character and the situation. Um, so, yeah, I think for the uh, final pick of the round, I think Scott kind of got a little bit of a steal here. 
I also think that he could have done something in both movies to make like over the top kills and make it brutal and make it like steam. He honestly makes them like subdued kills. Like there, there's blood, there's stuff, but it's not like over the top, like splashing on the screen where he could have like yeah, he's over the top. He's so. not relying on the on the gore for. He you. was smart. He was yeah. smart. Go with smart. Uh, anybody else on Pearl or anybody want to talk for that length? Please keep it short. <laughs> I'll keep it really quick. Um, yeah, Cody and I uh, could have gone to see Pearl in the theater, but instead we saw The Woman King because Cody thought he wouldn't like Pearl. Um, that's on Cody. Uh, Pearl's fucking excellent. Um, Goth is great in the movie. That scene that Cody referred to, her sitting there, that one take big monologue, it's fucking incredible. She's I think so the good. The final shot of this movie should be like the ending of YLS now. I think you should just put oh, that on the screen at the end of YLS. It's so, it's so good. Um, yeah, it's between everything, everywhere, um, Marcel, this, X, bodies, 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 like A24 just had a fucking killer year. And uh, yeah, this movie is awesome. I really like it. Uh, yeah. Um- I, I like both Pearl and X. Um, I, I I didn't love them. I know the people gravitate to Mia Goth is great. Uh, Scott did pick the better of the two. I think Pearl is definitely better than X. So just leave it at that. I haven't seen it. I've seen X. Two great movies. I think they're both fairly equal. Uh, Mia Goth is phenomenal. I think there's one scene in this movie I could do without. But other than that, I think it's a You don't like her dancing with the Scarecrow? I'm sure yeah, that's no. the scene, right? You guys made it. We barely made it. Koho died a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's probably watching like the Logan of the the, the Land Before Transformers Time. Before, Transformers franchise, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he watches the Land Before Time and goes, This is the Logan of this universe. Um, uh, really, you guys know that Desolation of Smog is the war for the planet of the Honestly, he's probably watching a documentary that was nominated for Best Documentary on three times. Dude, so. I hope it's all the beauty in the book. Show. And then he's going to log it and say, this is so relevant to today's day. <laughs> this film, it's, it makes so much sense why it was nominated for Best Documentary. Um... <laughs> Or didn't get it. God bless you. Um, okay. Four and a half. Uh, okay. So uh, the winner of this week, uh, me and Kirk kind of like taxed and forth. We passed and went up and down. Some people, there were some, just say it, some, Kirk let some things affect him a little more than I let it affect me. So this is what it is. Uh, first place, Payson. Yes. Uh, Payson, Payson hit a lot of my top ten. Like personally, like it was just it was really hard to beat Payson today. Number two, Zach. Zach won. Zach won second. So congrats. I'm surprised. You are maybe the villain of the episode for a lot of people, but overall, no. Third, Top Gun Maverick, RRR, Pearl, strong thing. And Scott gets. I thought I was going to be last. Okay. Wow. No. no. Uh, Way of Water really affected somebody. And, I guess. And, did, yeah. and he did not even see it. So he has not let... seen the movie. That, 
This is my just to just to help everybody, just to help everybody. I put he goes things really changed this round, and I said, well, we didn't see Tim's film, and he goes, you think that'll stop me? (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Tim is I fourth. also told his son to fuck off. Death is coming for you. Uh, fourth is Tim. Last is Mark. Um, I think Mark just left that. Mark's first two just didn't hit for me, so it was never getting Mark, higher than that. Mark, but, Mark put up a good effort at the end. Um, I, there's eight people still watching. I appreciate everybody for watching. I appreciate it for everybody sitting through the panel. I think that's great. Again, please submit your list for next week. I think it's going to be a really interesting topic because I think we're going to get different lists for everybody. So 2012 to 2021, your favorite movies from that year, and rank them. Send them to me, and we'll do that. Then the fandom. We have the first fandom person for the bracket. It will be Brian Michaels. So... He will be there <laughs> throwing shade. So uh, it'll be fun. Thank you all for being on. Coho will still be in this chat probably not tomorrow because he probably went to bed a long time ago or doing something else. Um, I appreciate everybody. Uh, have a great night. Bye. I don't even know where the outro is. I can't do it. Let's play first. Intimidate me. I'm entitled to my opinion. Drunk, get angry. Come on, break the lousy cup. Ow! I hurt my arm. And not expect everybody to everything. I'm going there soon, you know. Is that so? Where are you going? Uruguay. Well, you go Uruguay and I'll go mine. <laughs>